tonight we are going to tell the story before the story. That's right, it's the Attack of the Killer Podcast prequel. Attention planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer Welcome to another episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. I am your host, Insane Mike, and tonight we're going to be talking about prequels. So this episode is the prequel to Attack of the Killer Podcast. So what's the... What's the I can't wait to see where he's going with that and how that's going to... So what episode number is this? 82? Nope. Episode zero. All right. So it's... Before the first episode. Or, or it's point five. It's one <laughs> half episode. <laughs> well, you gotta ruin everything, I'm sorry. Terry. I'm sorry. But first! <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you the story of the origins of the Killer Podcast crew. <laughs> our story begins with our first crew member... When he was a sperm, but he still had a massive, awesome beard. Dustin Neal. He know he did. <laughs> sperm beard. Ew. Ew. Yeah, sorry. Oh. Let's move on. Next <laughs> Else, elsewhere, at the exact same time as Dustin's swimming lessons, along, <clears throat> we also learn about the discovery of this next member's love for music, which influenced him to become a musician. And he was still in his 30s. Jason Bollinger! Hey! <laughs> What's up, guys? Old... I get it. That was, yeah, that was yeah. an old joke. Was it? I didn't notice. Because Dustin was a sperm, but you were in your 30s. Get it? Yeah, <laughs> Dustin's young. That's <laughs> yeah, funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we fast forward several years to see the day she became the almighty librarian. She filled out an application and had an interview and they did some reference checks and then she got hired in her first day. Mm-hmm. Terry Turfer, everybody! <laughs> hey! I'm just glad you didn't talk about the sperm that I came from. That's all I ask. <laughs> you almost you almost, you almost got the, the sperm origin, but... Uh, you don't have a sweet beard, so... Yeah. Get on <laughs> thank that. Thank goodness. Oh, wait, yeah, thank goodness. <laughs> How's everybody yeah. doing? Okay, good. Awesome. I wonder if, like, this episode's gonna be, like, less awesome because we all just hung out yesterday in person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we did. <laughs> so, what, what, we're already all sick of each other? Is that yeah. just... No, I... I'm just saying all the small talk is my... I don't yeah. know. It's like, oh, you again. Hey. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, and and as uh, an hour before we started recording, starting to wonder of how many of us have seen the movies that uh, we're going to talk about tonight. So, kind of worried that this is going to be like most prequels. <laughs> Completely pointless. Oh. So, oh. 
You may groan, but no one's arguing. So Okay. Well, that's a topic of discussion right there. Just, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll get into all that a little later. <laughs> <clears throat> because of which... We don't have a ton for killer news this episode either. We have one thing that we all are chomping at the bits to talk about. So it's going to be kind of a bonus episode. You get two episodes in one in this episode of episodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not <almost> only... <laughs> yeah, beat you to it. Um, not only are we going to talk about prequels, but we're going to talk about... We're going to devote some little extra time this episode to talk about one movie in particular. We'll get into that right now as we get into Killer News. Now it's time for Killer News. Ripped straight from the headlines on Attack on the Killer Podcast. Okay. Well, as... Jason said, we were all together yesterday. <laughs> and as we were together yesterday, we were treated to a movie that just came out July 7th. Is that right, Mike? That is correct. And that movie is Dude Bro Party Massacre 3, a Kickstarter-funded film that came out this month that we all sat down and watched yesterday. And really... We didn't know what to expect, did we, guys? Because it was kind of presented to us uh, pretty much on the spot. And I knew nothing of this. And and probably that's the best way to go into it. But we're going to talk about it anyway because it was uh, – everything happens in this movie. Um, (laughs) Everything. Uh, But like I said, it was a Kickstarter fund movie. Uh, they skipped, uh, you know, their first two movies and went right for their, their franchise and, and made the, the third film right away. So, um, <laughs> in a way, this movie is the prequel, the uh, and the sequel and the franchise. It's it's everything all in one. But I I don't know, Mike. What did you think of it? Because I I'm still trying to remember <laughs> all of it and yeah, still trying to absorb this. Oh, absolutely. Hey, here's the thing. So again. The movie, everybody out there listening, is called Dude Bro Party Massacre Part 3. <laughs> I, I think it's safe Dude. to say we're all going to re- re- recommend this, correct? Yeah. yeah. Oh, for, for a group setting, totally. Oh, totally for a group setting. Um, so anybody out there who wants to go into this movie completely fresh, you may want to jump ahead in this episode a little bit. Because we're probably going to get into stuff. We'll try not to get spoilery, although I don't know how you really can with this movie. Other than just giving away a ton of the great jokes, maybe. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, it, it, the best is to go into this with no expectations or anything. But I have a question for you before I really get into my opinion on it. It's Dustin, where in the fuck did you find this? I didn't find it. <laughs> it was uh, it was Nalani that found it. So oh. <laughs> it was not me. Well, how did and, she find and, it? And her sister, her sister made her watch it. So oh, but this that was just the trailer though, or did they watch the whole thing together? They watched the whole. They thing. watched it, yeah. Oh, so she's sitting there knowing what's going on the whole time. Yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> you don't really ever know well, yeah. what's really going <laughs> on. But, but yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, oh, uh, apparently a, a lot of people knew about it because if you watch the like the end credits, all the Kickstarter, they they name everybody who sub, you know uh, committed to Hundreds. the films. Yeah, I mean, it's just the list went on forever. Jesus, like three hours of credits. Yeah. <laughs> In all alphabetical order by first name, that bothered me. But I'm, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure it made it easier to spot your name that way. Yeah, yeah I guess. I guess. <laughs> this movie is freaking awesome. This is like my wheelhouse right here, man. It was hilarious. It was funny. It was fucked up. It was, it was a great satire of 80 slashers. Um... Uh, and I kept, like last night, as we are, you know, watching these hour hour worth of credits, saying, like, I really felt like this is something you'd see on Adult Swim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Now, with that said, I mean, do you guys feel like maybe it's a little too long? That's why Adult Swim works, is because it's, it's short, like, 10, 15 minutes. Or yeah, or- I, yeah, I, I, I think I think so because, um, because when this when this started to drag on, uh, you kind of it's good, but you kind of want it to end, yeah, like maybe uh, fifteen minutes or so before it does, or maybe even before that, <laughs> because it's just it's like sensory overload in a way. That's uh, really yeah. what it is. Yeah, the, the jokes are so fast paced, they don't let up at all. They just keep hitting you with. Crazy ass joke, one after another. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is awesome and impressive, really. Yeah, to to pull that off. So many jokes at the expense of dude bros. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it doesn't let up. Um, you know, a minute. And it, it is just... really smart because it does hit fucking all of all of the stereotypes, all of the. Yeah. I mean, I I think it was really well done in its craziness. I thought it got a little bit too zany at the end. Like it just went like what? It went to like another <laughs> another planet. Like I don't even know what started happening at the end. It's like, like through everything at the wall right there at the end to see what sticks. Nothing's yeah. nothing, yeah. <laughs> nothing stuck, but they did it anyway, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like it's like a, what the like oh yeah, when yeah. they start looking for the dude, and then they are looking in other parts of the movie, and, oh and yeah, when he completely breaks the fourth wall, and he's like, he starts showing that he's running around looking for one of the other last survivors in the house, but he just ends up in other, in earlier scenes of the movie. Yeah. He ends up in a commercial at one point, and yeah. <laughs> well, well, let's not leave our our, our viewers, our listeners hanging. Uh, let's talk about what this movie's about and like it's like you know obviously the title is dude bro party massacre three there is not a one and two so (laughs) you can watch this one and be fine because the way it starts out is they talk about and do a flashback to movies that don't exist and show them killing the killer mother face twice leading up (laughs) to this point in the part three, which is brilliant because that's what happens in a lot of our favorite horror movies. Oh, like, absolutely! Recap. <laughs> it's great. It's like it's like it's like the opening scene of like Friday Thirteenth parts, you know, four and seven, where they do that montage of yeah. scenes from the previous films. Or actually, the whole time we're watching that scene in the psychiatrist's office, 
Um, and, he, and he's talking about what happened, and it shows all the flashbacks to the quote-unquote first two movies. The whole time, I'm thinking Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. I Exactly. That's what I was just getting ready to say. Like, yeah. <laughs> yes. A little bit different scenario, but yeah, like talking to a psychiatrist and just, you know, telling him all his fears, telling her all his fears, and it was, yeah, yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. Uh, but basically, um, <laughs> The guy telling uh, the, the the tale of the first two movies is uh, a dude bro, and he I guess probably one of the most notorious dude bros at a at a frat at some college I can't remember where wasn't important, uh, but he ends up Delta getting Delta Phi, dude. Is it Delta Phi? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. ends up getting <laughs> killed by the uh, psychiatrist who is Mother Face. We don't see her face, but uh, you get to see her face in the in the flashbacks. So you know what she looks like. Um, but you come to find out that he has a twin brother who looks exactly like him, sounds exactly like him. It's the same actor. <laughs> and, and he goes on and he goes to the college to try to solve the mystery of his dead brother. And there he meets up with his old, with his brother's old frat boys. And then the movie just begins and he's just getting pounded in the face with, with uh, gore and, <laughs> and jokes and... Pretty good cameos, I thought, for a Kickstarter film. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it just man, I just kept going. There were some jokes in there that just I I lost my shit to. And there's some oh, yeah. that you know I didn't you know, meh. but you know it was man, yeah, still still very good. I, I want to back it up just a little bit further to the very beginning. Not that I'm gonna, not that I want to do a total um, play by play of this whole movie. But the thing starts off with this text explaining that. Um, the government, right? Was that it? The government. Oh, yeah, yeah. The government recalled all the copies of this movie, and and the and the first two movies, and the only copy of this trilogy in existence was was recorded off of cable television by some kid. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. and so through the entire movie, it plays as if it's a dub off of off of network television. Other than the fact it's still got like. You know all the all the gore, foul language, and nudity intact, but uh, <laughs> uh, but other than that, like there are commercial breaks, and it just so reminded me of when I was taping shit off of USA Up All Night, where I get like the first five seconds of the commercial, and then cut back to the last five seconds of the, yeah. of the <laughs> yeah. last commercial before the before the movie starts up, and sometimes that played to hilarious results where yeah. Where you get line, you get like a, a commercial and a line from that commercial that is so out of context. You're like, "What the <laughs> fuck is this?" And it's hilarious. I, I, those are some of my favorite moments. I was looking forward to the commercial breaks. You know, yeah, the, I was still. <laughs> they, they did a good job of of making this look like a VHS quality. You know, the colors were really runny in certain spots. You'd see the rainbow effect every time the. Uh, the, the record and the pause, you know, was hit, you know, between the commercials. Sometimes you'd see what was previously on the tape, you know, some, yeah. Little, some yeah, that was video. a nice touch. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so there's that started everything off, um, and layered through the whole movie. So in that, in that third act, when you got the lead character who jumps the fourth wall, he ends up in one of the commercials. <laughs> yeah. That uh, that has nothing to do with the movie. It's just it's the in between stuff. So, oh, so funny, so brilliant. 
I thought the whole movie did a great job of like really poking fun of I mean any and every I mean, I really feel like they had to. They were either fans or they did their research. Because I could just sit there and, like, okay, they're they're poking fun at, at this movie now. They're poking fun at this moment from this movie now. I mean, there were elements there that really felt like Slumber Party Massacre to me. You know, yeah. I mentioned, yeah, I already mentioned. Si- Only the thing is, I love how like the roles are so reversed. I mean, did you guys pick up on that? The roles roles were so purposely reversed in this movie. Like there are no, there's one girl in this whole movie, and <laughs> pretty her, much, yeah. And her, and her clothes stay on the whole time. Yeah. Meanwhile, the whole rest of the movie is just all these frat boys getting killed off one by one. It's not a sorority; it's frat mm-hmm. boys getting killed yeah. off one by one, <laughs> yeah. and they're constantly ripping their shirts off. <laughs> Constantly, like Hulk Hogan style, or just walking around with shirts not buttoned up and. Oh my god, it was ridiculous. Just random dramatic moments that they start screaming and tearing off their shirts. There's still more fear! Ah! (laughs) 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 Oh, the the one that sticks out of my mind was the one guy um, who uh, who was explaining why he didn't like small dogs. (laughs) Yeah, oh my gosh. Turbo. Yeah. Turbo, thank you. And and just the uh, his over the top screaming and yelling and ripping his shirt off <laughs> layered with images of like erect hairy dog penises. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. That scene was too much, man. It, it didn't stop. It wasn't like just here's a dog penis. No, it was like thirty or forty <laughs> dog penises. <laughs> well if you're gonna do it. That's what I was counting. You know, I definitely appreciate, like, from a female perspective, I appreciated it not just being a bunch of topless women getting murdered constantly. It was a nice change of pace. And I... Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Take that any day. (laughs) (laughs) Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) There is even one male, full male ass shot, too, wasn't there, earlier on? Yeah, the main Yeah, thing. yeah. Sure. But there was, I did see a set of boobs in there. I think it was during one of the um, flashbacks to one of the first two movies, if I remember yeah. right. Yeah, there, there were some, well, there were, yeah, there was one scene that just had a bunch of naked chicks in it, but. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, bro. <laughs> I love, I, 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 I because I wasn't sure about the movie at first, and I was I was enjoying it, but I knew I really liked it when because um, the dude bro uh, uh, house the the fraternity is like the worst. They are the worst people ever. Oh yeah, like <laughs> they end up doing the worst things, like natural disaster, not natural disasters, but just like. Disasters like opening up dams and flooding entire towns and killing people and like making planes crash. Like they are the worst people. But when it gets to, uh, a, you know, you think when you hear about those at the beginning of the movie, you'll never really hear about them again. But they end up going to a town that they have flooded by opening up a dam with dynamite or whatever. And they run into one of the people who's lost his entire family to the oh, flooded town. Uh, and 
this guy is so funny. I, I it almost reminded me of like uh, Will Forte in a way, mm-hmm. uh, but he was he was so right on. It was you know he's 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 so full of sarcasm, you know, because his whole family is dead, and he wants them to like take pictures with the graves that he has out in front of his shop. It, that whole part is just. It was so great. Like, that was probably my favorite part. And that character was hilarious. Like, that, I don't know who that guy was, but he nailed that, that part. And then he tells the guys to do a funny pick. And the one guy, the one guy starts <laughs> humping his son's tombstone. Yeah. <laughs> or his daughter's. It was his daughter's tombstone. No, it was no, son's. It was his baby son's. Baby, yeah. eight, 18-month-old baby son. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. But that's funny. I really yeah. loved um, like the underwater miniature scenes, like when things would float down and then they'd shoot like dead bodies back up. Those yeah. were awesome. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that man. This like there's so much happens. There's so many jokes. There's, yeah, there's so scene. much. It's just so fast paced. I can't even. I'm trying to just put my head around everything that happened, and it's almost impossible to remember everything. There were some good cameos like Patton Oswalt yes. and Andrew W.K. was in it. And, mm-hmm. uh, a quick one by Larry King. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That guy from Waiting was in it briefly. Oh, yeah. That yeah. John, what's Daly? Is that? I can't remember his name. The kid from Freaks, Freaks and Geeks. Yeah. That guy. Was, yeah. Yeah, see. I, and I love that too, Dustin. What you were talking about, where um, you know you find out that these these frat that it starts off where you think it's just going to be a one-time joke, where they're poking fun, at, you know, because every year this frat has their prank night or whatever. Yeah. And and then it just keeps escalating. Like last year, you guys did this, and then last the year before that, you guys <laughs> did this, and it keeps escalating. Where it's like, you know, what you ended up killing like a thousand people and flooding the town, and it's like. <laughs> And they're like, but yeah, but the paddle boat industry is skyrocketed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, but what's great is like, that is so fucking true. Like, go back and watch 95% of any, like, college fraternity group of assholes in any 80s movies. And they are straight up assholes. If you really pay attention to their shenanigans and what they've done, like, um... <laughs> Oh god, what was it? Uh, was it Terror Train with um, Jimmy Lee Curtis? They play the beginning of the movie. They play a prank on the guy, where they, where they end up making him sleep with a fucking corpse. How horrific yeah. is that? <laughs> but back in the eighties, that's like, oh, that's just a thing. Or yeah, yeah, you're throwing a guy in a vat of toxic waste. I mean, it's just uh... <laughs> exactly, exactly. Or even your teen sex comedies, like. If you really look at those guys in those movies, they're fucking horrible. They're evil people. <laughs> um, so I appreciate it for that. That awesome. Uh, I thought, yeah, I was with you. That I thought that was really funny too. Anybody? Like I almost forgot about the the the, the B story with the two cops. Oh, yeah. that uh, guy was, that was bizarre. Weird. Oh yeah. yeah. Sometimes I really liked it, and sometimes I kind of hated it. Like I don't. Yeah. 
I didn't, there wasn't really much point to it, honestly. It was just like he was just meant to be the the virgin sacrifice or whatever. I felt like it was kind of an unnecessary plot line other than the fact that Patton Oswalt was in that. So I feel like that's why that was kept. Was it yeah. because he was acting as that part, you know? Yeah. And that whole thing never did tie into the bro dudes at all. Yeah, like, exactly. It was this like whole subplot of, of how they were supposed to go and stop the bro dudes so there would be some kind of like satanic sacrifice to save the town or some shit like that or whatever. But it but it never it never tied back into the bro dudes at all. And I I bet that is most likely due to Kickstarter. I'm sure they have a they had a pretty good portion of the movie finished and they needed money, so they did the Kickstarter, which got funded and met their goal, which probably allowed them to hire Patton Oswald. And the only way you know, they've already finished that other footage and I'm sure they filmed that after it was already done so it probably didn't tie in they probably didn't you know have locations I mean you know how movies are made so I bet they did that you know as like a side you know part and just incorporated it into the movie the best they could so they could have Patton Oswalt in it and and have him explode what a fucked story just the (laughs) bopping on the nose a bag of oranges what the fuck what the fuck that's weird times 10 it was and so fucked and, and it just like kept how, going that was like the ending scene in the movie like it wasn't even part of the dude bros that end in the movie like that's that storyline is what ended the actual movie <laughs> yes like Spoiler why alert. she was a bad well, just the whole time what the fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck uh, I, uh, and why did I mean, here's another spoiler. Why did Patton Oswalt, like, just explode? Yeah. Did I, did I miss something there, or did he just well, explode? If you remember, he got a phone call from, I think he said, like, Larry or something like that, which was, like, the cult leader or whatever. Okay. So, higher up. Yeah, demon. Oh. So, oh, so the demon. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, because if you, if you were to watch, because, like, me, I'm, I love Patton Oswalt, so the whole time I'm just watching him in the background. No, I'm even really paying attention to the whole st- orange bullshit. But, uh, <laughs> um, and so you see him, like, on the phone. He starts, like, gyrating around and stuff and then, like, you know, getting all shaky and whatnot and then explodes. So it's like whatever demon guy or whatever on the other end made, made him explode for failing the mission. Gotcha. That makes sense. I guess I was too wrapped up in the weird bag of oranges shit to notice what was going on. <laughs> oh my goodness. But, I mean, and gore-wise, it was really awesome. Like, there were some sweet kills in that movie. Like, oh, really shit, creative. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's the other thing, too. Yeah, there, there were some really cool creative um, kills. But they also went over the top on purpose with some of that as well. Yeah, because, sure. Which really also feels like a callback to the 80s of, like, after you see slasher after slasher after slasher, and each one's trying to out, out be more creative than the last one with the kills. Mm-hmm. And so, so it gets to that extreme point in this one where she pulls out the freaking futuristic gun thing and shoots the guy in the head with that yeah. little little droid thing which gives yeah. and she pulls out that remote control yeah that was crazy <laughs> yeah like so over the top and i loved it it was so awesome 
I think my favorite was was still the the uh, the keg tap to the brain, and then he, <laughs> oh, yeah. she like poured it in his cup, and he drank it. Like what <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> They they took a page from uh, Sam Raimi in Evil Dead there when he's running through the forest and he's oh, just yeah. I think he's pretty much running in place and and they're hitting him with they're you hitting know, tree limbs. Oh like, yeah, he's like fuck off trees like he's trying to run through. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, and it's blatantly obvious they're hitting. They're just there's yeah. a guy off there. Everything is blatantly obviously <laughs> <Yeah>. done. <laughs> this was so great about it. <laughs> So some trivia here from IMDb. Um, okay, this one this one boggled my mind. When I read this one first, I thought, well, okay, is, is the trivia for this movie part of the joke too? The filmmaker set a goal to try and break the record for most kills in a slasher film. This record was previously held by The Summer of Massacre in 2012, which has a body count of 155. So I'm like, what? What the fuck is the summer of massacre? Yeah. <laughs> so when I read that, I'm like, okay, these are all jokey trivia, but I don't think so because the rest of it seemed pretty legit. Uh, Larry King was cast after he expressed interest in being killed in a feature film while interviewing Five Second Films, which was the production company that did this movie. Um. Uh, funded by a Kickstarter campaign in 2013. Uh, the first film produced by the website 5secondfilms.com, which I am going to check out later. Uh, not right now. Uh, founded in 2008, creators of the site produced one five-second film every weekend until 2013. This feature film is based on one such short, a fake trailer. <clears throat> um... Oh, 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 and we're talking about cameos? Oh, I, I just learned this, and it really bummed me out that I didn't know it sooner. Um, the director is generally considered patient zero of the cult following surrounding the film The Room from 2003. <clears throat> he was one of the only people to see the So Bad It's Good movie upon its release. Greg, um, Greg Sestero, <clears throat> one of the leads in The Room appears in Dude Bro Massacre 3. Like, ah! Oh, wish I would have known that. I would have looked for him. Uh. <laughs> It'd have been better if it was Tommy Wiseau. But that's yeah. okay. So another a uh, famous cameo there. Like, famous, whatever. So that's the trivia. That was awesome. <laughs> totally awesome. Man, what else, guys? That can't be it. Concerning this movie. <laughs> what you know, I just got done talking about that character that I really liked with the the family that had died. You know, he he was had this sarcastic, happy outlook on life, and he's out rowing a a, a paddle boat or whatever, and oh, the mother face is getting ready to 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 shoot him with a bow and arrow. <laughs> oh <laughs> he's yeah. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. And then all of a sudden, right before she gets ready to shoot his arrow, he. He's he's so happy, and he just puts a gun in his mouth and blows his head off. Like it's just, like oh, he just ended it right there. And then she just has this look on her face, like well, you know, well, I guess I don't have to kill that guy. Yeah. I just thought was yeah. <laughs> so that that whole character to me was just I thought was brilliant. I thought that was the best thing they did. 
When there was what was the what was the guy's name? Nerdberg. Oh, the uh, name! Yeah, All their names the were fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that guy was just like he disappeared for three quarters of the movie. Basically, I completely forgot about him. Just to be able to bring him back at the end, I thought that yeah. was great. Yeah. And he and he's cussing like a sailor, and he's one with the animals and. <laughs> Oh Jesus! But then he, de- but then he, you think, oh, he's gonna save the day. He shows up. He's the hero at the end, and he yeah. doesn't. He gets killed, and then the animals just drag him away and eat him. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> I enjoyed that. That it, they didn't go that route with him. Just ended up being the hero. <laughs> I was kind of glad he died. <laughs> Did you guys see the poster for this? It's awesome. It I is great. Yeah. It says at the top. It says, "Don't let a bro see it alone." And yeah. it's, it's, it's got a cartoon drawing of a muscular guy and a wife beater with the uh, fraternity symbols on the front. And he's got his, he's flexing his muscles, but the top of his head is on, and it's just a gusher of blood from the middle of the poster all the way to the top. And at the bottom it says, Dude Bro, Ma- Dude Bro Party Massacre 3. That's like the greatest poster ever. It's pretty good. Just as ridiculous and over the top as the whole fucking movie. <laughs> what I thought was cool, you know, like you said, it was it, we were supposedly watching uh, a VHS copy that someone had taken off of TV, and it's the only known copy. What was interesting to me is when it started, it, it showed like some family footage at the beginning uh, of you know, it was like baby footage almost, and then it goes into the movie. And then at the very end, after the credits, it shows more like family video way at the yeah. very end. Like it's like yeah. it's really ending. So I thought that continuity was pretty cool to have. Yeah. It was cool, but I don't. Well, he, okay, so let me. I guess let me ex- express <laughs> my, um, my roller coaster ride with this movie. So, like, we get there, we get to your house. Um, you and Nalani kind of explained the trailer that. You kind of set it up as that it's like so it's like a so bad it's good thing, but they're self-aware that they're making something bad. So I'm thinking, okay, is this going to be like a birdemic thing? Is that kind of what we're getting into here? <laughs> that's that's fine. I'll love it. And it starts off and it does that whole thing of the text of like this is the only known copy of this film. You know, instantly right away, I noticed the the uh, the look of the whole thing has. A kind of a washed out, bleeding colors, the whole VHS feel to it. A full screen. Like, yeah, full screen, yeah. And I'm like, okay, great. They're gonna do something they're gonna do something crazy with this, but then play it straight. We're trying to really convince this is like a spinal tap thing, trying to convince <laughs> us that this is this is something real. But it's still gonna be silly, goofy fun. But then it just goes like you know, it reached that it reached a point really quickly, mind you, that I'm like, okay, well, they're not accomplished that. They're they're really kind of you know they shouldn't have done that because that's blunt. And then and then a little later on beyond that, then I get it. I'm like, oh, this is just fucking just nuts to be nut, you know, for nuts' sake, man. It's, it's off just, the rails. It's off the rails just to be bonkers and totally satirical, and they're not really trying to go for any trickery or anything like that um but but then it's like when it gets to the credits and then it's like the credits are real it's the real movie credits and i thought to myself it's like 
Maybe they should have taken that even one more step further and just put fake credits at the end of the movie, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you got to thank the people who made it happen, especially something like this, because that's what it was going to take. It was going to take uh, a special audience to make this movie happen. I also want to go back and look up their Kickstarter. See what the, what that was like. And there's so many people that donated to this thing. And it has to been like like a dollar per person or something because there's a shit ton of people. Yeah, you know, and I just recently watched Wolf Cop. And that's a Kickstarter footed movie. And it's on Netflix right now. I thought it was just awful. I thought it was the wrong way to do it. And I feel like uh, this Dubro Massacre, even though it's... You know, it's very silly. I feel like that's the right way to do it. Um, you know, mm-hmm. if you're going to fund something, go all out. Because this Wolf Cop, I thought, was terrible. I, I did not like it at all. I didn't I didn't finish it myself, yeah. It just... I had heard reviews of, this, of Wolf Cop, and I didn't get it. Like, they're talking about how funny it is and all this, that. And it's like, this played really straight for me. It really was, yeah. Yeah. I did not find it nearly as funny as, as everyone else seemed to, and I ended up turning it off. I just, you know, got kind of bored with it. So, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is if you're gonna if you're gonna uh, fund a Kickstarter movie and you want it to be ridiculous, then you then you want to fund Dubro Massacre. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just oh, this movie. I gotta find a real copy of it. I need to own this. I hope I hope they release it in some kind of format, and it's not just a download film. Because I really, really loved this movie. I enjoyed. It. I mean, it's totally my thing, you know. And it's like this is this is the kind of shit I want to make. So, and it it, it kind of almost almost has the Roma feel to it, but. It's like trauma done right. It's trauma without all the trauma. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they real they realize that there's more to comedy than like fart noises and lesbian scenes. <laughs> I don't see a, a a physical copy. I'm on their website right now. They they're really promoting their. Uh, their digital download and and they have a a super fan uh download for twenty five dollars that gets you some pretty neat stuff like uh <laughs> digital posters the soundtrack behind the scenes featurettes and you know highlights and all kinds of other stuff um, well let's talk about the soundtrack yeah i loved the soundtrack <laughs> the songs are fucking awesome <laughs> clean it up <laughs> clean it up clean it up clean now it that, up that reminded me of Revenge of the Nerds when yes exactly <laughs> me too it was totally that scene but I loved how like it was like the worst cleaning up the ghettoed building montage ever yeah cause they take the things off the wall they do cut to some other things happening and then they cut to them just putting him back up on the wall. Yeah. And then standing back and looking at it proudly, like, yep, we yep. did it. Mm-hmm. 
the one guy on the rowing machine the whole time. Like nothing's getting done. Yeah. Yeah. That looked exactly the same. Yeah. They gotta. They had to fill that time. They gotta make it a full length. What was the other montage moment that had an awesome song? Well, oh, at yeah. the beginning when they're the in montage. the camper. Yeah, um, that was montage. Nobody's a... gonna die tonight or something like that, or <laughs> everybody's gonna live. I can't remember how it went, but that was that one was excellent. And I think it it was funny that it's this this metal song, and there and it's the lyrics like everybody's gonna live, nobody's gonna die, and it's blaring through this scene. <laughs> and then one of the characters in the scene's like, let's listen to some tunes, and pulls out the boombox, and I'm like, wait a minute, we're listening to the, where's the music coming from, what the, what? Yeah. And then he puts on what, that fucking, sound like opera music or something, and like totally destroyed the mood, it was, that was, that was <laughs> awesome. Uh. So yeah, everybody out there. Killer Podcast Land, Dumbville, Berg. <laughs> Download it today. Today! Dude Bro Massacre. This, this Dude will be Bro our, Party Massacre Bro, 3. Yes. That also. Dude Bro Party Massacre 3. This is definitely going to be in the year end episode where we do the best of 2015. It's going to be there. <laughs> for sure it's gonna be in the top five man top five i'm so happy you got to see it because i did see the trailer and i'm like oh my gosh mike is gonna flip <laughs> and, and that was really one of my favorite parts about watching it with y'all yesterday was watching mike watch it <laughs> that yeah was, that was really fun well, it was, it was vice versa, bro, because uh, I liked watching it with you, because every time I turned to look at you at one of the most outrageous moments, and you're just sitting there with your mouth open, just shaking your head back. Yeah. That's <laughs> so crazy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's, there's, and again, it really felt like this was an adult swim thing, because it, there was moments that really kind of felt like too many cooks. At certain point, yeah, yeah, or I, I or the, that too, yeah. Oh, so awesome, man! <laughs> I'm spent now. That was, that was a fun conversation for a fun ass movie. So good night, everybody. Oh wait, <laughs> we have another topic to do. Well, and I'm gonna break in real quick with a brief killer news. It's oh. breaking news. Break, I just breaking news, everybody. everyone. Just saw on the Bloody Disgusting Facebook page popped up. There is a Tremors 5 coming out. Woo. Tremors 5 Bloodline. Like yeah, I just watched the teaser. It yeah. like a Tremors movie. So Yeah, and it looks pretty... It actually looks a little better quality yeah, than... Maybe the last two that they made, I would say. And it's got uh, Michael Gross. Bert is back. Yes, that's all that matters. And it's also got Jamie Kennedy, which is kind of a strange addition, but it's awesome. (laughs) Anytime you say it's got Jamie Kennedy, that means it's a strange addition. (laughs) But they're they're going overseas. It's set. It looks like it's set in Africa. Yep. So. (laughs) 
Awesome. Just thought I'd throw that out there. I'm excited. Did yeah, this... they. I bet it's going to come out pretty soon. Probably either late this month or, well, I mean, next month, early next month. Cause they've... Yeah, because it's straight to video. Yeah. That's a bummer. It'd be nice to be able to get those movie, get get another one of those movies back in a theater, you know. Yeah. Only if it's rebooted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I'm just happy Michael Gross is back. He's yeah. the best part yeah. of that. I will watch any of the. I'll even. I even liked the TV series just because it had Michael Gross in it. <laughs> <laughs> they should really just try to get Reba McIntyre back. I mean, what the hell is she even doing? She's got her own, that, that Reba sitcom. She's got, yeah, she's got her oh. own show. She's still doing that, huh? I guess, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> at least still cash and, cash and syndicate paychecks, at least. So. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's obviously nothing as cool as being in Tremors, but, you know, whatever no. about. No, and you know what? I, I'm with you, though. I thought she was awesome in Tremors. I really liked Reba McIntyre. Oh, yeah. Movie. Her and Bert in the first movie that was, yeah. they were like my favorite characters. Oh man, I remember the first, that part. Remember the first time I watched that movie, and the graboid breaks into their rec room, <laughs> and they are shooting at it. They run out of bullets, and they literally, they literally pivot one eighty, and behind them is this huge fucking wall full of guns and weapons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I pissed my pants, and when they finally kill it with the elephant shotgun. <laughs> and Michael Gross goes, broke in the wrong, wrong goddamn rec room, didn't you? And I'm like, yeah, yeah go Bert. That's, that's when you knew you loved him. Absolutely. Yeah, so it was kind of a bummer she never came back, because I thought they worked well together. But yeah, you know, Michael Gross is, is all I need anyway, so... <laughs> You know what's crazy? I discovered this because, like, last summer I did a um, Family Ties marathon on Netflix. (laughs) And (laughs) it always felt like that that show was the air for, like, years before Tremors ever came out. The movie came out one year after um, Family Ties was over. (laughs) What? Yeah. Yeah, it always uh, it just always felt Believe like it. that when when Tremors came out, it's just like, oh, Michael Gross is back. He's been gone forever. No, it was like a year. So which means that they were probably shooting it during that last season of Family Ties. Ah. Interesting. Yeah. Right. I thought so. Yes. Cool. Well, thanks for that additional. Um, New spit there. It's great. Awesome. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so to the uh, other topic at hand this evening. <laughs> now that the first hour of the show is done. <laughs> yeah. That's that's fine because I have a feeling we're gonna be trying to stretch this out. Uh, prequels. Prequels. Woo! Yeah. Prequels. <laughs> the story before the story. Do you like prequels? We already know, in general? After we already know the story, <laughs> now we get the story before the story. No, I'm not a fan of prequels. Really? In general? 
in general, I'm not a fan of prequels. I'm not saying there couldn't be storylines there, but by and large, if I'm watching a prequel to, well, say Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The New Beginning, I know how it's going to... Oh, The Beginning. Okay. I know how it's going to end. Yeah, but why can't that be a cool new way to watch a film? Like, and uh, much, much I'll like. Talk later. It's fine. That's oh, more sorry. of an origin story, anyway. What well, I'd hate that too. <laughs> when it comes to horror films, I don't want an origin story. Okay. Now there are exceptions to that rule too, too, Jason. Right. What I stopped listening. What? <laughs> what? I said I hate origin stories, but there are exceptions to that rule too, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's also, there's exceptions to all these things, you know why? Because if it's good, it's good. It doesn't matter if it fits into one little sentence rule about how I hate this. Yeah. If something's good, it's good. It doesn't matter if it's like something you don't like. I just go back to the thing of the more you learn about the monster or the killer... Right, that's a great sentence. That's a great sentence. But what if it's good? What if learning about the person is done in a cool, good way and it's awesome and then you can't say that sentence anymore? Is that what makes you mad about prequels? <laughs> it's like not being able to say that sentence anymore? No, but it'd be different if there was a prequel to, that uh, did do that. Well, that's, uh, I'm sure some do for some people. Okay. Well, we, we know all of Freddy's uh, origin, and he's still scary. Yeah. Well, that's oh, why time. I think, like, that prequel that he talked about at Comic-Con, now that I thought would have been a great story to tell. Yeah. Because, because Freddy Krueger, it wasn't about, like, Freddy Krueger, following Freddy Krueger for, around for half an hour. It wasn't going to be the Henry portrait of the serial killer of, of the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Because what makes the Nightmare on Elm Street series awesome is that, you know, that Freddy Krueger is the antagonist, not the protagonist. And and the idea of the film is, like, he's still just as, you know, evil as all that and what have you. It just it happens to be about before he got burned up and killed. And the whole court thing and all that. Now that would make a really awesome prequel. Yeah, I agree. But do you have a prequel you don't like? <laughs> Does in, he? In, in, in particular? <laughs> on the tip of your tongue? Um, That's not the tip. That's way back there. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, honestly, based on the list that I had, based on the list that we came up with, um, I can't really say the ones that I've seen anyway that I flat out hated the movies and hated them because they were prequels. Not saying that I necessarily liked the movies. They just had, I had issues with them for different reasons. <clears throat> not your one sentence reason? Not for my one sentence reason. Okay. Um, I mean, there's outside of the franchise prequels that I could say that about, but we won't get into that. 
say like for example well screw it I'm just gonna get into it because this is the one I wanted to talk about um, anyway insidious chapter three yeah which I'm gonna have to mute this <laughs> <laughs> Just as I do not spoil. We'll type at yeah. you when we're done. <laughs> All right, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn you off here. Okay. Oh, he's gone. Have you seen this as well, Jason? No, I haven't. Oh. But it's okay. What? I don't know really. I need wow. to be here to at least say challenging things to Mike. You know, oh. once in a while. So. But the thing is, is, I don't really think there was anything in this movie that could be overly spoiler. <laughs> right, Terry? <laughs> well, I mean, I guess. I don't know. Here's my here's my thing with this movie. First of all, I uh -oh. I think I've come to the conclusion that I <laughs> I think I've come to the conclusion that I don't like the title anymore. Insidious. Because I yeah, because I keep calling it um, Conjuring Chapter Three, and you fuckers keep making fun of me for it. So like both those movies have horrible movie titles because I can't keep them straight. So. With that said, it's that the movie's out. fault. It's uh -huh. the third. It's the third one that's come out. I don't know why that's hard. I anyway. keep whatever. Anyway, <laughs> we'll move on because it was okay. Um, first of all, I did not know going into it it was going to be a prequel, and not that I was upset with the movie because of that 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 it was a prequel. I was just looking forward to what they set up at the end of the second movie. I'm chopping at the bits for that story. Oh, I'm trying to recall. How did this second movie end? Remind me. Complete. Okay, so Ghost Lynn Shay ends uh -huh. up at that um, um, Hispanic family's uh, house. Oh, yeah. And she walks in and she looks up and there's something super fucking scary right in front of her that we can't see. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, um, I found out that it was a prequel like on the way to see it I went to see it with a friend and she was telling me that it was supposed to be a prequel and I didn't know that until that point and honestly it kind of got me more excited because I think with this franchise like it's one of those rare times that it's just there's like a world of possibilities with this franchise of the prequel <laughs> stories that you can have and I figure, you know, I assumed I assumed that it was going to be surrounding um, Lynn Shay's character, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, bring it on! Like, give me more of these," you know. I I agree with you because I love I love this universe and I love those characters, and I mean, it is <clears throat> it is like the next franchise for me that I am bought into. And I want to see more stories with these mm -hmm. characters. And, and I don't mind them going back in this because there's not really anything that you're going to desensitize or, or spoil or or even, like, kind of leave you like, okay, well, I know how this is going to turn out because I saw the other two movies. Not not like that at all. And mm -hmm. and it's what you, what's great about also going backwards is that we can still see Lynn Shea's character alive again. Yeah. You know, because she's dead. She's dead at the end of the second movie. Spoilers for those who haven't seen the second <laughs> one. Um, <clears throat> now, I also, at the same the same regard, can't wait to see Ghost Lynchay kicking some other ghosts' asses. But uh, <laughs> well, and I'm sure that they'll go there. But I feel sure, like sure. 
Uh, you know, as long as they keep going, yeah. I'm just saying I was a little disappointed because I was, I was kind of hoping for that next story. I was excited for it, and, and it went backwards, so. Um, but did you enjoy this movie? I enjoyed it because it's the universe. Um, I thought the storyline they went with was great. I did have some issues, just some just some f- film, film snobbery issues with the film. Like what? I thought the performances were bad on everybody. Oh yeah. Like oh everybody. Really? Yeah, and I blame the direction, not the actors. I really feel like come on, tell me tell me that did not just seem like a really weird moment when Lynn Shay is home in her bedroom and she takes that that um sweater out of the closet and does that really like pervy sniffing the sweater and then lays down and cuddles with it. I get I what thought the... that was really sweet and sad, actually. Really? Yeah. I, I thought it was a really poor she, choice performance-wise. She misses wise. her husband. Like she's. I like, get that's... what they I get what that scene's about. And what they're trying to do. I'm just saying the performance didn't didn't match that that really? tone for me. No, oh, I I didn't get that at all. Really? It did. She when she sniffs that sweater, I'm like, ew, that's that's a little that's a little uh, gross. Well, you know, her whole character, I mean, to set it up, like, this goes back to shortly after, um, I guess we should, Elise's husband has passed, like, it's like a year after, and she's still coping with that, and she's not doing any of her readings or anything, she hasn't teamed up with um, Specs and, yeah, what's his face, I don't remember the other guy's name, but anyway, so she's, so she's just still in shock from losing her husband and i think that's a very i think that's a reasonable character choice like that's his sweater and it still smells like him it's the one thing that reminds her of him i don't think it was weird at all well i just thought the performance was a little weird i thought they um they were forcing it on us too hard because when she starts talking up in the air at her dead husband i'm like okay i get it already your husband's dead i get it i get it (laughs) Which ends up playing, playing great into the third act. Don't get me wrong; that's set up nice. Mm-hmm. For, yeah, I won't spoil. I, I won't. But <laughs> for that for that moment in the third act, yes. Yeah, so that scene needed to be there. I just thought it wasn't executed well. What is? <laughs> Disagree one hundred percent. But and then the father, on. the father, okay. I felt like he was phoning it in. Okay, yeah, I will agree with that. Dermot Mulroney, at least, like, the first half of the film that he was in. Oh, I thought that was Dylan McDermott. <laughs> no, it's not. That's Is that referencing that? Saturday episode? Night Live reference? Yeah, yeah. okay, I got it. I got <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, his, like, the first half of his performance, I thought, was awful. Like... I will agree with that. He kind of took me out almost at parts because his acting was so awful. But I felt like later on, like when it got more emotionally driven and there was more stuff going on, that he got more into it and it was more believable at that point. But oh, yeah, especially when it's like when the yeah when the two ghost hunter dudes like sorry we can't help you and he yeah. just flips out. I thought that was good. Now, but the other performance also in that same scene though I thought was horrible was his son the brother oh uh, my god first of all pointless character yeah other than, it wasn't really necessary 
Yeah, it, yeah, because he like disappears through like, you know, the whole yeah. last half of the movie. I mean, I get it; they explain him away. Yeah. But it's it's like when Richie Cunningham's brother goes upstairs in the first season of Happy Days, and you never see or have reference of that character ever again through the next eight seasons. It's like that. It's just like he just doesn't exist anymore. And even there's even scenes like when the shit's hitting a fa- the fan, and you know the brother's still there. In the in the house or in the apartment, and you're like, this didn't wake up the brother. Why was the brother at? But that moment when like he's freaking out on the ghost hunter guys, and then the son starts freaking out, and he's just like, no, these guys are. That was a fucking crazy ass performance there. That was way over the top on that little kid there. He got so hardcore defensive about those guys. I just like, unless like, Ugh. wow. <laughs> Overacting there a little bit, buddy. Well, okay, and you're and we are we're picking out like the ones that stuck out to us as being bad, but overall, like the main actress, I thought she did a really great job. Yeah, you're right. She was good. She was the best part of the movie. Yeah. That, that and the two ghost hunter guys. I cannot remember their characters' names. Specs and Tucker. Specs and Tucker. Yeah. <laughs> Who are my favorite characters out of the entire franchise? Anyway. Oh yeah, yeah, because. It was interesting seeing them come in um, with, you know, they haven't teamed up with Elise yet. So this is yeah. them before. This is pre-Elise, the prequel to <laughs> Elise. Um, and they're all, you know, not wearing ties. Like, they're in, like, T-shirts. And they're just like, oh, yeah, we've seen ghosts. But they've never actually seen a ghost. They're, like, complete noobs to this. And they're yeah. scared shitless. It's yeah. kind of hilarious. And I would have liked to have seen more of that, more to that, and more relations between those two and Lynn Shea's character. It kind of felt like that was the big story arc of this movie that tied to the rest of the franchise, that and the introduction of the woman in black. You yeah, know, I loved really fe- how... Oh, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. I was just... I loved the nods to the first two movies. Like, the, when... Um, spoiler alert but it kind of it takes her back to the um the household from oh whatever they're i can't even remember the family name but you know the family from the first two movies it takes them back to that childhood home and you're like that house looks really familiar like yeah. oh like uh, there are lots of little ties forward to it which was really cool and you don't necessarily have to have seen the other movies to watch this one, but as a fan of the other two, it's it's nice. Like those. Yeah, it's nice stories. having those those connections. So as far as like the grand storyline of this whole franchise, to me the the important piece of this puzzle out of the prequel here was was the um, um, Lin Shay uh, taking on these two you know, ghost hunter guys. So I, I would have loved to have seen more of that and the build up to that. Well, and this is, you know, how kind of how the conjuring with Annabelle, like that's just, you see that they have potential to make just tons and tons of prequels to the conjuring with yeah. that room. Oh, I yeah. feel like they have the same opportunities in this movie, like of just going back now that that Lin Shay is teamed up with those guys, like I want to see all of their ghost hunting uh, stories yeah. 
episodes, you know, yeah, like absolutely. I do at least a couple of different stories. Cause there's definitely a big time gap before she meets up with that other family. Yep. Absolutely. And, and also too, like what makes, makes it okay that, you know, we kind of went backwards in this is like the timeline in these films. And, and, and especially in the second film, you realize like we're all over the place. Mm-hmm. So we can literally go anywhere with this franchise. Yeah, and I think that's awesome that it's yeah. so subtle like that. Yeah, so maybe we can get another story that shows a more bonding between the Ghost Hunters and Lin Shay's character or whatever. And who yeah. knows, the ghost from this particular storyline could play a bigger role in in a future plot line for the, you know, for the for the future of this franchise whatever. You yeah, know, who knows? Yeah, cuz I mean, this one set up the woman in black. We still don't know what's going on with Darth Maul, the ghost of Darth Maul. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I know that's a cliche to call that ghost Darth Maul, but I don't know how else to refer to him as, because everybody calls him Darth Maul. But there's something there that's going to come back, right? Because didn't he even show up in this one? In a shot? Yes. Or... Yeah. I think that there was a brief, yeah. But I, I, I kind of like that they brought it, there was like this whole separate ghost storyline in this one. And how about the scare factor in this one? I jumped more watching this movie than I did watching the other two. Like, and they were like good jump scares. Like, I don't know. I would even be so bold as to say I thought this one may be the scariest of the three. Boom, boom, boom. I don't know. I'm trying to to remember now how I felt about that stuff. Um, There was the shot where... Well, Where like, she leans out the window, that was fucking awesome. That was a good yeah, one. Yeah, oh my that god. That was the best one. <laughs> that that one, and just one. like, um, in the beginning when she's out in the street. Oh, and, my god. The car, oh, oh. That was brutal. Oh my, yeah, there were some, just some crazy, oh my god. And there was no warning for that whatsoever. <laughs> no. That was, that was a punch in the nuts <gasps> jump scare right there. It's it's been a long time since my heart has raised that fast during a horror movie. Like it it got me, it got me going for sure. Yeah. It, it was really well done, and it's interesting that um, Lee Wanell, who plays Specs, and he wrote mm-hmm. the first two. He was the director, director in this one. Director of this one, yeah. Which I thought was kind of cool. He's definitely a James Wan guy. He you know he played in the first Saw. He wrote several uh-huh. sequels. So he's from that James Wan wheelhouse, and you can definitely feel the influences of James Wan in this, in the look of this film, and the feel oh, of this sure. film for yeah. sure. Yeah, I just I, I'm just saying I, you know, I think I don't know, especially being an actor, you think he'd have a better grasp at directing actors. Is I kind of I just I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Thanks, Lynche. That didn't sit right with me. And I love Lynn Shay, and I think she's a good actress. I had zero complaints about her acting performance in this movie. Okay. Right. I don't I have no idea what you're talking about. Like yeah. you're blowing my mind a little bit. The dad, the son, yes. Totally get that. Okay. Hers didn't bother me whatsoever. The only other thing that really bothered me about this film was in the third act when she goes into the ghost realm, which I love I could watch a whole movie of her just going around in the ghost realm, whatever that was called. I forgot what they call it. The further. The further. But 
In this one, which is a prequel, again, in this one, she discovers that she has the ability to hurt ghosts in the further. Mm-hmm. Like, does some kung fu action on the, uh... Yeah! The ghost. She's kicking My, ass. Which is awesome, right? But, <laughs> but, how come that's not in the first two movies? If she discovers well, that, you know what I'm saying? It's like in it's like the Star Wars yeah. prequels. How come in Empire Strikes Back we don't see half of those creatures that was in Attack of the Clones? Well, and I feel or like half of those vehicles. This is sort of, you know, this is after she didn't want to do readings and she didn't want to help people after her husband died, and this is her getting back into the game, and she's still she's still terrified, like she doesn't want to do it because um, she was warned that one of these ghosts was going to kill her basically at the like at the beginning we find that out that she's warned that she's going to get killed and so she doesn't want to do this and so when she finally you know gets up the courage and she goes to the further um she's just balls to the wall like she's just adrenaline pumping like holy shit i may die but i'm going out being a fucking badass like and i don't i feel like maybe in the the first two films which are after this one um then maybe she's just got a better hold of herself and she just carries herself a little better instead of being so carefree adrenaline pumping she's more in the zone like i'm a badass motherfucker and i don't need to touch you to defeat you i don't know okay all right that that makes sense i just thought it, it felt like a revelation of like a supernatural power that she has in this world, and it's never called back on in the other two films. So that's how I took it. So, but you know, here well, I like your interpretation too. Well, yeah, and I feel like I need to rewatch the first two. Yeah, you're right. I uh, definitely and, the first one. I I the first one, especially with Lin Shay. Um, yeah. That you know, because because in my mind, she seemed you know, especially in comparison to now. Um, she was like a minor character in that first movie, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're now we're finding that this franchise is really about her. So yeah, yeah, that is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so excited. But well, then, yeah, I'm having a really hard time remembering a lot of the first one, especially her scenes. See, and that's so. what I'm. I'm almost thinking that maybe she does have some sort of those interactions that we mm. just don't remember. You know, they didn't stand out to us before because it wasn't a new thing. All right. You know what may, I'm saying? Yeah, I may have to marathon the first two. I have yeah. way better memory of the second one. Oh, I love the second one a lot. I really, really do. Um, yeah. I, I just love the, the clever things they did to explain some things from the first movie, with the whole time yeah. travel shit, and, uh, and then him being in the further. Like, taking some of the... Sc- oh, and yeah. I don't know, you could almost say... You, you could be you could be a dick like me and say, oh, it kind of ruins the scare factor of that first movie. But I still love the idea of them explaining and telling us those scare moments from the first movie and mm-hmm. uh, what was actually going on. Like when the burglar alarm's going off, and it was actually him in the further, in the past, yeah. trying to warn them. And I thought that was so awesome. It was, yeah, it was that. brilliant, yeah. But that's not the prequel. <laughs> no, yeah, I know. All right. 
but yeah, I mean, I I really enjoyed it, and I look forward to more. Me too. Prequel, I hope it prequel or not does not affect my excitement. I hope they do keep going with it, and I hope um, I hope they can still do like theatricals of the of these films. Well, I mean, I don't know if I mean I think anymore now. If it's like a made for, I, mean, I guess the made for mindset isn't a stigma as much as it was back in the made for TV or made for video days. Feels like when it's made for streaming or made for Netflix, the production quality is just as strong as some of the theatrical. Yeah, and I feel like it may go down that route eventually. But eventually, this is yeah. It's not going to be the money maker that it originally was. It's it's but, eventually going to lose its gusto. Um, long before I would love to see it end. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I mean I would love for it to keep going further than well, they're going to be able to financially do. Well, and and the third one is actually the first one that I've seen in the theater, and I that was an awesome experience. Like it was. It's been a while since I've gone to see a, a movie in the theater where everyone's actually been respectful and paid attention like no one fucking talked like everyone was scared shitless and you could tell like everyone was like eyes glued to the screen like what the fuck is happening it was awesome what i also like about these movies and some of the things i don't like about about current horror um and it's and it's a personal thing and it's just because i'm an old man stuck in my ways and kids get off my lawn and all that bullshit before Jason says anything. So true. Um, I'm, a, I'm a guy of the 80s. I love 80s horror films. The franchises, the the one-liners, the you know not taking itself overly seriously. And I mm-hmm. feel like a lot of horror nowadays takes itself too seriously. And, sure. And it, and it um, doesn't always hold my attention. So I love this franchise. How it, to me... It, it doesn't really feel like they're going for an 80s feel, but it has an 80s mentality to it. It's a mm-hmm. franchise where they keep expanding their universe. Um, it's all, you know, and, and they're trying to link things together continuity-wise. Um, and also, it's a series that has a, has a lot of humor in it. It doesn't take mm-hmm. itself overly seriously. It has its way-over-the-top, out-of-reality moments that, yeah. are, that are over-the-top and crazy, but are fun because... It's not so grounded in reality. Yeah. There were definitely a couple of uh, Lin Shay one-liners in this one. Like, I don't, I don't some bitch lines or something. I don't know. They were awesome. I was like, that was so awful and awesome. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> now, now um, the scene with the, 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 the cast. Oh, man. Her leg oh in the cast. Oh my god, I forgot about that until just now. Oh, uh, uh, that was very awesome, cringeworthy. Holy scene. shit. Uh, yeah. uh, let's yeah. uh I can't even I can't even talk about it. No. Mm. That's fine. We don't wanna we don't wanna get in too far into it. Fucking yeah, that was brutal. But it was amazing. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I completely uh, forgot. Like, I had blocked that out of my memory on purpose, I'm pretty sure. So thanks for bringing that back. You're welcome. Have fun sleeping tonight. <laughs> so, and another character that bothered me in this movie was the was the 
the guy friend that obviously had a crush on her. Oh, yeah, the neighbor boy. Like, I liked his character a lot, but then he just fucking disappears. Yeah, but they kind of played to that a little bit. Like, they introduced him for that one scene where she was knocking on the wall. Like, that was kind of his reason for existing. Exactly. It felt like his whole character and the whole reason why we saw him in these other scenes for was for this one moment. Now it was a great moment. It was. I even was yeah. like I was like, "Oh shit." You know? <laughs> but uh but uh, at the same time I'm fine with that, you know. I mean, we're probably not ever going to see these characters again. Like I don't feel like they're going to yeah, follow true. this family like they did with the first two. Like they are going to make two films out of it. Like so it's fine if they, you know, used and dumped a character that I don't give a shit about for an awesome scene. I don't care. Alright. Alright. Right. So, I don't know. I think that that's all I have to say about... Yeah, I think we, we talked for like half an hour. <laughs> nice. Nice. Man. Well, I, ta- I talked. You were getting all kind of defensive about... Well, yeah. About which, your stupidity. Oh! Oh! <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's not I mean, possible, what? Terry. I mean, uh, about your opinion. That's always that's right. Stupid. So, <laughs> I, <laughs> damn. So another reason why Lin Shay sucked in this movie. Oh my gosh! I'm just no kidding. More. No I'm more. Because because Dustin just came Dustin's back. Dustin's so back. That was, that you gotta, you gotta shut up now. <laughs> Your opinions are stupid. Hi, Dustin. <laughs> Did we make you want to see this movie? <laughs> Man, they went at it forever. You there? He's you, still on mute. You are on mute. <laughs> okay, so... Yep. I was on mute. We can't hear you, buddy. <laughs> I usually don't ever do that, and I did that. <laughs> I'm here like, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, all right, so I'm tired of talking, so it's your yeah, turn. Yeah, someone else talk. <laughs> uh-huh. What are we talking about? <laughs> Pre- prequels. Do you like hey. the concept of prequels, Dustin? Uh, what's a prequel? There's something oh. that happens after. No. <laughs> uh, you know, boy, I don't know. Like, if I were to pick, like a, a my favorite prequel, I don't think I could name. I don't think oh. I could name one. Like, I, I in any genre. Well, well, you really like Final Destination Five, right? That's a prequel. Oh, here we go. Let's get into that because I have to know. And I and honestly tried. I tried finding Whoa. this movie for this episode. <laughs> I was going to see it. Because I have to know, how in the fuck can you make a prequel to this franchise? I don't think it's any mystery to anybody listening out there that I'm not a big fan of the Final Destination series. Um, <laughs> and I got to know, what in the hell makes this a prequel, Dustin? I, I don't think it is a prequel. And I think it is... Because it doesn't tell, it doesn't explain anything. It's just, it's just basically the events. Well, and maybe that's what a prequel means. Is I mean, because Final Destination Five is just the events leading up to, to the events of Final Destination One. Right. So, so that's I mean, a prequel. 
Uh, yeah, but it doesn't explain anything. It, it could have been the last movie in the series. I love the tie-in. Uh, I thought the movie was awesome. I got to see it at the drive-in theater, and that was my first ever experience at a drive-in theater. So, um, you know, it had that already going for it. But I think, you know, I've only seen it then. But if, if I watched it again, I'm pretty sure I'd enjoy it. I mean, all the kills were there. I mean, Tom Cruise is in it. And, I mean, it what? was an excellent movie. Tom Cruise is in it for reals. <laughs> no, no, he's not. But there's this guy in it that's oh. like, oh my god, he looks like Tom Cruise. It's like the, I guess he'd be the antagonist in the in the movie besides death. You know, there's always one guy that's like maybe kind of a bad guy, but this guy's a bad guy. He looks like Tom Cruise. Has anybody else seen it? You know no. What I'm talking about. I have, but I don't really remember what you're talking about. <laughs> Still help me out here, Dustin. You said it's, it's <laughs> events that tie into the first... How? What, what what happens in this movie that ties into the events of the first movie? Because my, my understanding of this whole franchise is like, you, oh, some people... Death no, existed before not. this film. Exactly. So is this movie Death in Diapers and... Like, no, that's why I said it, it. It doesn't... It's not like in origin. It, it just, it's just the of some events that take place before the first one. And the only reason it ties in is because these kids, just like in the other films, have cheated death, and they're trying to escape it. Um, and you know, they've the kills and everything. It all it it, it all happens. It's it's very creative. Um, and then when you think everything is okay, just like you do in all the others, uh, you come to find out that you can escape death. And when the last. Are we just are we just gonna ruin this movie? Do it, do it, please. Okay, spoiler alert. Um, at the end of the film, they're on a plane, and they're getting ready to go to France to celebrate, and that's the same plane that Devin Saw was on when he gets. They show him getting kicked off, so they show footage nice. of the first movie uh, of him getting kicked off the plane, and they're like, "Oh, what that was all about?" And then then they they go up and they die, so. Um, but it was just, it was, to me, it was clever because I was expecting, I'm like, well, how can this be, you know, how can this continue? The, the last movie was the final destination. And there's weird things throughout the movie that they, they hint at that it's not the, it's the same, it's a, it's a time period before, uh, you know, before the first final destination. And I think there's one part where at the beginning of the movie, they pull up. Uh, this couple pull up, and she's wearing like dark glasses, and she's like, "Yeah, I'm trying to look like Lisa Loeb or something like that." <laughs> yeah. I'm like Lisa Loeb? Who the fuck would of all the people? I'm like, why would they do that? And then it hit me at the end of the movie, like, well, of course she was popular at that time. Uh-huh. <laughs> and there's there's a couple of other things that are that are just like that too, where you're like, well, that that does not seem right. Why would they say that? <laughs> And then those little things really make an impact when you find out how the movie ends. And to me, it just it just added up well. It was enjoyable. Those movies have always, I've always liked them. I've they've always I've always enjoyed them. But uh, you know they needed to make another one. And instead of just ignoring what happened in the final destination, which one that's the worst one, uh, they went ahead and and just turned it around so they could you know. And it makes sense. It's not like. You're like, oh well, that that's dumb. It doesn't it doesn't tie in very well. It, well. it does, but I mean, it's 
it, uh, they, I mean, they could just make a prequel of this one and tie it into this one. They could keep going back because it's already kind of ended with the Final Destination. So, okay, so so you answered one question for me with with the ability to open a whole other fucking question I have. So, <laughs> but so, but I get it. That's okay. I'm like. I don't understand how there could be a prequel to a franchise that has these set of rules to it. And why would you go backwards? But tying it into the first movie at the end there, I get it. That makes sense. And that sounds pretty interesting. But what the fuck do you mean part four was the final death? You know, death retires? What, what, how does the fourth one end? What makes that the final, final destination? Well, because, I, I don't know, because everybody it, dies. Yeah, like there wasn't. Yeah, your character's machine. not death, dork. But they all at the they all die in every uh, single movie. No, they don't. They don't no, all they die don't. in the first one or the second one. There's it, always a survivor. Okay. the survivor from the first one is in the fucking nut house where she refuses to have like even like paper or pencil in the room with her in fear that she's gonna stab herself in the eye with the pencil and be dead. Um, <laughs> and then she dies, doesn't she, in the second one? She does because she leaves. So everybody in the character, every character from the first movie, is dead by the end of the second movie. But the the characters from the second one still live, mm-hmm. and we don't ever know what happens to them, and we don't need to. But it's still like every movie sets up a whole new slew of characters that cheats death, and death feels the need to hunt them down. What's the, how is this different than Friday Thirteenth? <laughs> It's a whole new slew of kids. Because you can't escape death. We know how this is going to end. Well, yeah, eventually. <laughs> exactly. Well, naturally. The reason exactly. that the Final Destination was the Final Destination is because it was so shitty that it killed the franchise. <laughs> Until they revived it with number five. But Yeah. You know. I'll settle with that. That's fine. Yeah, 4 was was pretty bad. Yeah, Yeah. I was kind (laughs) of disappointed, and that's why I was hesitant to watch this. Yeah, for sure. That one one being so bad made this one pretty excellent. Was 4 the... uh, Was 4 the one where they dropped the number and they just... It was like 3? 4 is the final destination. The final destination. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so they dropped the number, but I thought also it was originally in 3D as well. Yeah, I believe so. Yep. Okay. Yeah, pretty sure. Yeah, because that one's the they're in the movie theater and they're watching a 3D movie and uh. it's, it's pretty Yeah, they really dropped the ball with that one. <laughs> okay, so that sounds interesting, you know, coming full circle with the with the storyline. Yeah. Called storyline. So, um <laughs> Awesome. What other prequels we got? What else is out there? I don't know. You know, <laughs> let's let, you know. Let's talk about Annabelle, because that's okay. one of my that's one of my favorite movies of last year, and it gets man, it gets stepped on so bad all over the place. I mean, you can't see an article that even mentions it without. A whole slew of comments just say, "Oh my god, Annabelle was the worst." You know, it's just <laughs> like the and and you know what? 
it's not a prequel. It's not a prequel because it has nothing to do with The Conjuring. It has nothing to do with it. So mm. it. The only relation it has is that Annabelle was part of the story of those of, of the of that team, that real life duo. I can't think of their names right now. The Warrens. Uh, yes, the Warrens, which are in the movie. They're not even in the movie. You don't even see their faces. You just hear them, and it's a, a scene very similar from The Conjuring. <clears throat> but it's it's not a prequel. There's there's no there's no details that show that anything demon wise or possession wise is related to the conjuring so you can throw that out the door and that's the one thing that when i was looking up uh prequels for this show annabelle came up a lot and they're like you know this is the prequel to the conjuring this is what happened and it's it i mean we've all seen it right yeah honestly honestly i still haven't seen it oh well shit well, don't worry uh, about it. Continue, please. It's fine. Um, it it it's not a prequel. That's what I'm getting at. And you should totally disregard. Uh, what What's your definition of a prequel? Well, I I guess if if I were to um if if I were to watch a uh, a prequel, uh, let's say um. Uh, I don't know. I guess Friday okay. the 13th Part 2 is, is the first one, and then you watch the first one, and that's the prequel. <laughs> the mother is, you know, the mother is the killer. I mean... Doesn't it mean that it I takes think... place chronologically before? Yeah, that's all I thought. It just is yeah. chronologically first. Well, th- It but, happens in time before. Okay, and that's fine, but okay. why do people think that the prequel has to be in relation to what comes after it. Why does the story, why does the story have to be the same? Why does, you know, if if The Conjuring was more about Annabelle, then, then yes. Well, the, think of it like the timeline of, of that universe. Yeah. And Annabelle is part of both of those movies. Yeah, I mean, they don't show... So that ties parents. it together. Annabelle yeah. ties it together. Well, yeah, it's the, it's the same universe, and, well, and like you time. could have multiple prequels about something okay, if you really okay. wanted to. I think, yeah. and that and that's theory. fine too. But um, for those of you who have seen it, were you mad that we didn't go back to the house um, that that was in the Conjuring, and that we didn't see any of the characters from the Conjuring? No, exactly. I haven't it's seen not it. About- but I'm gonna, I haven't seen it, but I'm going to agree. I'm going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I, said, I bet some people did though probably. yeah and that's probably why they were butthurt about it but the thing is is like I called that from the beginning from the first time I saw The Conjuring I'm like fuck this storyline I want to see a franchise of everything that's in that room the, yeah. yeah and so did and everybody else and that's what else. Annabelle is and that's what they did and people got really butthurt about it who are all the Conjuring stuff who the fuck cares this shouldn't that even be I mean, it shouldn't even it, sh- it shouldn't they shouldn't even mentioned it. This because this, the Conjuring is a completely different beast. It scares the hell out of me. But the Annabelle is just a, a completely different movie. It yeah. should not even be in the same ballpark as the Conjuring. I just think the whole franchise alone 
um, should be treated like the Friday Thirteenth TV series. Yeah. Each episode is about an item that this cursed item that was in this antique shop that these two have to track down. And I'd be fine if it doesn't have the revolving there doesn't have the uh, the two characters that have to track it down. That it's just about these each individual items. Yeah. Yeah. Because I loved that show so much, and because of the concept of that show. And plus, I think a lot of people were hoping to get something that was more like Child's Play than, um, or I should say Chucky than Child's Play because it's yeah. it's, it's kind of similar to the first Child's Play because, I mean, you don't see... That's uh, right. People were pissed that the fucking doll didn't move. And it's like, what? That's Why? I heard that a lot, too. Why? Like, people were expecting a Chucky or some shit. I yeah. don't know. And I don't think it should have moved. I think it's creepy that, like... You turn around, it's in a different spot, but it's not moving. You know, that kind of shit is scary as hell. And that's that's one of the best parts of the movie yeah. is when it does move. And you're thinking, well, this, this thing's being controlled. It's possessed. You know, so we got to see it move. And when it does move, the shot is so fucking brilliant that – when it's in the corner and the the, the sun is coming through the, the window and it's it's just it's just sitting behind the sun in, in in the shadow of the window and you see Annabelle sitting down and she slowly stands up and I'm like oh god here's where it happens and as she's standing up the the shot keeps getting closer and closer until you see a black figure demon holding it up like you like like it like it's manipulating it, but oh, you cool. see it back behind it holding up the doll, and that to me, I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Mm-hmm. Like, because you get to see the like you know you get to see that possession, and you get to it's it's holding it, and I guess if if you know if something was possessing an object like that, <laughs> you know how what would it do? Would it make it walk and and move its arms? No, it would do exactly what that what that shown. And that to me was, I thought that was the coolest thing ever. It's kind of like they stripped down the whole inanimate object possession thing and just, you know, just had like a demon just pretty much holding it. And then that's, <laughs> that's how it was possessed. But there's, there's not just that part. There's so many good parts where the, the girl goes down to, down to the, the, I guess the washroom in the bottom of their hotel. And she's, she's, it's, the lights go out it's completely dark and she's in the elevator trying to go up and she pushes her floor number and the doors close and then the doors open back up and she's in the same dark room she's like oh shit okay so hurry up push my floor again it closes (laughs) and it looks like the elevator's going up she's like oh this is good doors open she's still in the basement it closes again (laughs) It's like four yeah, times. That's awesome. And you're like, no! <laughs> Stop it! And she realizes that she's not going up in the elevator. She's going to have to take the stairs. And, you know, demons for me, what really scares me is like hooved demons and, you know, just deep voice. It's just like the whole, you know, VHS 2 sequence thing. Oh. Ever since oh, then, man. I got just like, oh man, that's so freaky. So you get to see some of that in this movie that just it's it's really good. So I I enjoyed the film. I kind of knew what to expect, and I was kind of hoping it wasn't going to be like a Chucky running around hiding behind couches and you know doing silly things. So it has a great ending, a very uh, sad ending, but 
really good. Um, I won't spoil that. But it's it's scary. I mean, you shouldn't compare it to The Conjuring. Still a prequel. <laughs> right. <laughs> I guess we really just need to, to to define what you know. I guess a prequel, because I mean, I guess. So anything it's, that's before the timeline of another movie is a prequel. So, I think so. if it, and it's somehow connected, which that movie, which it's Annabelle in the same is universe, connected, yeah. yeah. So let's let's think about this for a second. Because <laughs> how how far can that can that be separated? I mean, let's and, think of something that's just in the same universe that. Well, I mean, think, about, think about this though. though Why Dustin? are you making it so complicated? <laughs> what is no? I'm not trying to make complicated. I'm just. I don't, I'm just, I guess for myself, just trying to to, to figure Work out, out the bugs. Yeah, was like a prequel because I just I don't know. To to me, it would a prequel would be like, you know, Pamela Voorhees uh, working, you know, at a camp and and seeing her her son drown, and then it gets to the first movie. It's not uh, Ralph hanging around telling people you're doomed, and then going to the first one. I mean, that right. to me would be a prequel. Does that make sense? No, I, I, I totally get what you're saying, but think, but maybe wrap your brain around this a little bit. What if Conjuring Part 2 comes out, and it's the continuing storyline, but elements from Annabelle play big time into the plot line of Conjuring 2? Like, there's maybe some masterful script writing plan that does tie connecting dots to all of these... To all these storylines. Well, then, 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 yeah, that would, I would, that would be cool. I mean, yeah, it would be very cool. But would then, would that then make it fall into the prequel concept that you, that you're thinking of? <laughs> that, yeah, that would. I mean, okay. I just, I so, guess. Well, like, I say, you know, I mean, I'm, you know, this is all speculation, but I mean, maybe that that could be a thing too, you know? Right. I just, I just think, you know, like I was saying there, you, you wouldn't. If you had a movie like like the Friday Thirteenth, and you did that, if you did that, that would mean be more of a prequel than I think something else would be. I, I don't know. It's I mean, just, I get it. I mean, I get it because um, Mash is not a prequel to Trapper John MD, but it's the same universe. <laughs> I don't know what Trapper MD is, but <laughs> oh yeah, you're too fun. Sorry. <laughs> and I don't consider Prometheus a prequel to the Alien series. But what? But, no, not at all. It completely is. <laughs> it's just okay. Let's have this argument because I haven't <laughs> seen Prometheus. So go. You haven't seen Prometheus? I definitely even watch movies. So when you were worried about people not having seen movies on the list, you're really talking uh, about you. About him. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. The ones I have seen are the ones I don't think anyone else has. So there you go. <laughs> so yeah, Prometheus. Go. <laughs> Duke it out. I want to hear this. It's I the storyline that leads up to the first alien. Yeah. I don't no, know how it's not. Be... It's not. It's set in the same universe. But in in a way, it's, it's it doesn't lead up to the events of Alien. Not like the day before. Right. But it is a story in that universe that takes Eventually, place before yeah. Alien that affects the movie Alien. Right, exactly. but no- nothing that they do 
in that movie leads to the events of Alien. Right. They're in the same universe. In the grand storyline, it's <laughs> the same. It's the same. If movie. Prometheus didn't happen, no, no, no. If Prometheus didn't happen, they're fine because that's not the same ship. That's not the same planet. It is the same universe, and that is the same race of aliens. But they crashed their ship on a different planet. Can I? Can I? Can I um, play devil's? <laughs> ad- can I play devil's advocate? And yeah, and I don't even remember this, this movie. <laughs> so, is Aliens versus Predator a prequel to both franchises? <gasps> well, because it is really. It takes place. Before both storylines. Well, the aliens don't exist until the architects. Is that what they're called? I forgot. Yeah, sure. Until until they create them. (laughs) So the aliens wouldn't exist in in Alien vs. Predator. I mean, yes, the, the Prometheus happens before it. But I, I don't, none of the events I believe in that movie lead up to alien aliens are there because of those those same race of aliens but nothing that happens on that planet on prometheus happens because you know i mean aliens are made because of that race that's the misconception of prometheus is people think that that's the same planet that the nostromo lands on aliens but it's not it's another planet with this with a the same race of alien ship crashed. And it crashes the same way. And well, looks the same as it does. All all uh airplane crashes pretty much look the same to me. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's in the yeah, same universe know. and it happened before, and that's my definition of a prequel. <laughs> so. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> but but don't say that aliens happened because of Prometheus. Well, I don't I've seen this movie once. I don't even remember what happens yeah. other than Michael Fassbender being uh, an android. Like, that's what I remember. What? <laughs> Whoops. Spoiler alert. Not, oh, sorry. No, you know, like, in the first minute. I mean, you can, you can tell. The, he's, a, he's, like, he's alive while they're all in hypersleep. Yeah. That's just me. That's just me. It is just you. <laughs> it could be. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you guys the Prometheus stuff that I've been reading. So and you'll be like, oh yeah. Because I was confused too. Because at the end of the movie, you're like, that's not the alien from Aliens. That's something different. It's not a the same xenomorph. Huh. All right, I'll shut up about. No, Prometheus. I just I just thought it was promoted as a prequel. Yeah, that's yeah. But, and maybe, maybe that's I don't know. They, you know, what would have been great. Why would Ridley if, Scott do that? Did well, he know? do it's, something it's, so close and not follow through with it, or make it different? Because he's going to make another one where they are going to find this that race of aliens, whatever those guys are, those architects. I can't remember what their names are. I'm confused. I thought he. I thought he went, went on. I thought he went uh, out and s- said that it wasn't. It was like, I thought it was the studio that was trying to force the connection. 
And I think it would have been great if nobody said anything about it being related to aliens, and then people and people just pick up on it. Yeah, that's the same been, universe. That'd have been that'd amazing. Be awesome. I mean, how cool would that be? Just in general, like any any franchise. Let's pick any franchise. You know, like call the next movie something completely different. Don't claim there to be any ties to that franchise, and then boom, surprise! It's actually part of this franchise. That would be cool. No, that's or, fine. It's not a big deal. We just take Prometheus off the list. <laughs> See? Done. <laughs> now we have less movies to talk about. Oh man. Well, I just watched uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the beginning, thinking oh, that would cool. be a good discussion topic, but... Yeah, sounds like it. Like, no one's seen it, apparently. Well, Dustin said you saw it in the theater, correct? But you don't really recall much of it? Uh, what was it? The Texas Chainsaw at the beginning. Yeah, I went and saw it on opening night. I was, I guess I was pretty pumped for it, I remember. I remember, because I, I, I liked the, um, <laughs> you guys will hate me again. I liked the, the remake. Dunes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I liked it. And then I liked this one, I thought, a little a little bit less, but I remember liking it. I and but I knew what was going to happen. I mean, because they yeah. didn't, they didn't they didn't come out too far apart. I feel like like they were not too big of a gap, and they had the exact same similar <laughs> style and all the characters, all the actors looked really much the same. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I didn't completely hate the Platinum Dunes one. I mean, it's subpar in comparison to. The original, of course, but of course. it was it was still entertaining. You know, it wasn't a complete waste of my time. And this one, um, having just watched it, is still pretty fresh. Um, it was it was okay. Um, I don't. It is a prequel. I mean, they take us back to um, when Leatherface is born. Like Whoa. he's Whoa. he's. Yeah, like, it's very brief, but, you know, they basically show that he's born, like, at the the meat packing place. Yeah. Like, this lady just, like, keels over and, like, he crawls out of her vagina as a baby. Wasn't he a dumpster baby, too? Like, they put him yeah. in the dumpster? And the yeah. guy's like, oh, what the fuck is this thing? Oh and he throws God. him in the dumpster. And that's how that family, um, what's the family's name? Sawyer. Uh, Yes, thank you. Um, that's how they come to take him under their wing in this one, is that the mom finds, like, she's scrounging for meat or whatever, and she finds him in the dumpster, is kind of how that began. Oh, and, and raise him to just... Yeah. <laughs> to be a, a terrible monster. Is the Sawyer family already cannibals by this point when they find yes. the baby? Well, they at least are. They don't. They skip over a lot. Like it basically jumps from that point to like full-grown Leatherface. Like there's not much of any in between. And at that point, they are cannibals. So okay, let me ask this then: Is this really focused and centric around Leatherface? No. Okay. I didn't feel that. I felt like he was like a a side. Well, it, start, 
for most of the it time. It started sounding like it there, because, you know, kind of sound like they're the way you were describing. See, yeah, and that's weird. Like, it starts out like it's going to be completely around, like, his background and, like, how he was raised or something. Mm-hmm. And then it jumps to just, like, another story of kids out on a trip and <laughs> they get... <laughs> If you've ever wanted to see um, Leatherface get fired from a job, this is the movie. You... Really? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that part. Yeah, because he because they jump from him being a dumpster baby to him working in the meat plant, and then it's getting shut down. Do you is see there... his face during all that? No, his hair yeah. is like over his face, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. He's kind of a he was kind of a really dark looking. Yeah. Uh, leather face like he had a bit of a different look to him like you can tell like he was he was younger like i think they played that pretty well like you could tell that it was earlier in his timeline but he's still just i don't know they made it seem like you know now that he didn't have the meatpacking plan or whatever it was that now he's just out open in the world yeah you know he's got idle hands so now he's just crazy he wants to keep cutting up meat so yeah. He's fine. <laughs> Must find mate. Um, I think the real focus of this one is really, I mean, um, Arlie Ermy. Uh, of course. Yeah. yeah. He's the main character of this movie, in sure my opinion. Is. He's the yeah. uncle. Yeah, he um, does kind of take over. Yeah, like he's the main focus, and he does a great job. Like, he was the best part of the whole movie, in my opinion. Like, he just kind of starts doing crazy uncle crazy things like he starts shooting people and taking over the sheriff's department and just being fucked up yeah they they explain some stuff too like uh have you guys seen the the remake the first remake i have yeah yeah the guy in the wheelchair they show how he loses his legs because he's walking in this one okay oh it's pretty comical make that yeah yeah I can't remember what happens to his one leg, and then they go to saw it off, and as he's sawing it off, he nicks the other leg. So then they just saw both. It's like even it out, even it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so, they're. Um, oh, sorry. What? I was just gonna ask. So, if um, they dumped Leatherface's the the, the Leatherface, they dumped him in a dumpster. And the mother comes along looking for meat scraps, right, in this dumpster. Mm-hmm. So when they find the baby, does he just have, like, chunks of raw meat on his face? That would have been awesome. Like, he's wrapped in, like, meat paper, like the meat wrapping yeah. paper. Like, he's just wrapped in there, and he's, like, all bloody because they just took him straight from the womb, basically. So he still has all of his gunk. Yeah. Gunk. And gunk and blood. And he's just wrapped in meat paper and tossed in there crying. <laughs> And I don't know, it lists the family as the Hewitts. I don't know, is that what they... Yeah, that's what I was going to say. At least said Sawyer, so I didn't... I think it's their name in the remakes. That's what I was saying. Yeah, that's what I I didn't know. I can't remember if they changed it in the remake. The original family's name was Sawyer's. Sawyer, But I, I I think when they did that Texas Chainsaw 3D movie, the last one that they had out... I think, they, I think they tied them both together because there's two families 
referenced oh. in the in the Texas 3D. I'm pulling it up on IMDb now. See if it'll have the last names. Because um, oh. I re I remember there was two there was two families that they talked about um, in the in yeah. the uh, the 3D one. That does sound vaguely familiar. That would be an interesting tie-in to do that, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, did a lot of good things in yeah. 3D. Yep. Um, and then got pissed on by everybody. <laughs> Still bitter. It I love was, that movie. It was awesome, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not really seeing any um, like cast with the last name of Hewitt, but I think it... I feel like I know what you're talking about. Like, I feel like they mentioned something, like, in when they're just talking about the family history or something. Mm-hmm. That would tie it in, maybe, so. I'm going to have to go back and watch it to be yeah. sure, because I, I need to know now. So, I, and the, be the best scene to do that in is the is the scene in the graveyard, because all those tombstones mm -hmm. are, the, are the family yeah. tombstones. I bet you, if anything, there's at least a tombstone with that last name on it. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, okay, so over the years of this show, back <laughs> when we started the show, here's the actual prequel to Attack of the Killer podcast. Um, I hated the Texas Chainsaw Massacre prequel with all, or not prequel, but the, the remake, with all my soul. And over the course of this show... I have been talked down off the ledge a little bit, <laughs> and I even bought it on DVD. I still yet, have, I, I still yet to have rewatched it, but I plan on one day um, rewatching this movie and giving it another chance, solely because of you fuckers on this show. However, you have yet to sell me on the prequel. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, so far it sounds worse than I imagined. And it's been so long since I've seen the Platinum Dunes one that I I feel like I should rewatch it and see, you know, how it ties in with this one. But it's, I don't it's, know. It's pretty anticlimactic. I mean, yeah, it really is. The prequel. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like. You know, they had potential. Like they started out like with the backstory. I mean, if that's the route you're gonna go go that route but then they just completely shift gears and it just becomes another story of teens out on the road getting abducted by the family and taken back like to sit around the dinner table and be mutilated and all that shit like it's just the same thing with different See, characters yeah it's pretty is, torture porny yeah i don't i didn't see much of the, the appeal of that, yeah. and and that's the thing with this whole franchise like there's hardly any movies that connect in this franchise, but yet there's the common thread of the exact same thing in every every single one of these movies. You know, kids kids bump into this family, kids get knocked off, and then there's a dinner scene, you know? That's why the Texas Chainsaw 3D movie was so kick-ass to purposely derail again, um, because they did something completely flippin' different. You didn't have any of those tropes. And there was even moments where you thought they were going to have those those cliches, and they didn't. And so there was some great red herrings in the in the uh, 3D movie, based solely on 
your horror fan knowledge of the whole franchise. Because there's that guy they run into at the gas station who you're like, okay, this guy's in with the family. He's obviously the hitchhiker character. There's always the one character that you're not supposed to suspect is part of this family that the kids run into. But we all know it's a member of the family because they've only done this this plot this plot point in every single one of these movies. Um, and then he turns out not to be. He just turns out to be an asshole who's going to steal, you know, he's going to rob the house. Yeah, that movie's yeah. great. I liked it a lot. It was really mm-hmm. good. And I'm, um, I'm interested. Have, have you heard that they're making another prequel, like a new prequel called Leatherface? Have you heard about that one? Yeah, I, uh, I can't remember the specifics on it. I mean, I don't really kn- know much about it either, but I'm hoping that it aligns more with the Texas Chainsaw 3D, like going that route. I'm just, yeah, I'm a little, I haven't read much either, but I, I swore they, like, signed all those actors to do three three movies, and then next thing I hear, they're doing a prequel to that yeah. Chainsaw 3D. Well, so and like, What's just going on? briefly looking at the, um, the cast list for the prequel, it's got, like, Lily Taylor and Steven Dorff in it. Like, those are two awesome actors, so... Maybe there's. Uh, I just have to yeah. wait and see. I guess you never yeah, know. Yeah, who knows? I mean, I would love to, because I've created a ton of fan fiction off of that, 3D movie. Um, <laughs> I have a theory that the the black sheriff, is is a secret member of the family. Ah. Oh. That's why, that's why he is been so tolerant of them. Like he, like in the beginning of the movie when it's when it's the extension of the first film, and he's like, um, he just wants to take Leatherface, uh, he just wants to arrest Leatherface and re- leave the rest of the family alone. And before the rednecks show up, you know, and he's like being overly tolerant, to, you know, uh, especially considering of what's going on. And he, and you just know there's there's an underlying thing in this whole movie that. He knows more of the evils of this family than than he lets on, and then at the end where he just he just lets he lets him go there at the end as well. I'm like he's so I have this I have this fan fiction thing built up in my mind, and obviously you know if the remake and the prequel taught us anything, you know this family has law enforcement in their family, so I had a theory that this sheriff in the 3D was is a member of the family too. Hmm, interesting. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I so, yeah, I just want to see it. I want to love to see, because I want to see how that girl adapts to being a member of this family and taking care of Leatherface, and, and if if uh, she goes the dark, down the dark path of the Sawyer, Sawyer bloodline and all that stuff. And I would just love to see, because you never really have ever seen, I mean, other than the remake, the remake had it, but like a, a female member of this family. Well, I guess, I guess part three had the, had the grandma and um, the Leatherface's daughter in it. But still, you know, like, I think that dyma- dynamic would be cool in this in this uh, franchise as well. Oh, excuse me a minute. 
Emergency alert! Uh, or is our town flooding? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Or Amber Alert. It's usually one of those. <laughs> um, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> that sounds very professional, the way you handled it. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. This just in. <laughs> Half our town is gone. Woo! Does anyone have any others they would like to... I do. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well... Um, I just, I just want to keep prodding at the, well, one, like, the concept of a prequel, and, like, why you like it or why you don't like it. Yeah, you've, you've kept trying to ask that, and I noticed people just kind of keep... I know, nobody's... (laughs) Everyone's avoiding it. Well, I've got, I've got my, my own... Obviously, it's retarded, because you guys are like, (laughs) uh, uh, I, I mean... To me, a, 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 a prequel is a movie that uh, has events that take place before, obviously, and lead into the first movie, which would be considered the first movie. Uh, a story that's related to the first movie but does not lead up to the events of the first movie, I don't, I don't want to call that a prequel. I would just like to call that, you know, I don't know, is there... <laughs> What's the well, name for it? A prequel? <laughs> so right. I, I, I guess I just mean like wh- what people think about the... Yeah, like your general... Like, like, I, f- oh. I totally see it as a... Okay, so yeah, maybe at first it was weird. It's a, it's it's a... Is it a new concept? Like in the... I like, feel like it's What's the oldest recent. one? You know? Um... It yeah, that's feels... a good question. What was the first hmm. prequel? Hmm. Well, I mean, Amityville 2 is an older one. Ray, mm-hmm. when did that come out? It was early 80s, but I I tend to think that there might, might be something before that, but it just doesn't... Well, It, it yeah. doesn't purposely tie the thread to the whole... Th- you know, like, I can't sit here and say that there was a Universal Monster sequel sequel that was considered a prequel there might be i don't know but if there was it doesn't like it does you know back then they didn't think that deeply into the concept of continuity right right it definitely seems like a newer thing for sure and definitely when it started happening i you know well in general sequels are awesome but remakes were you know, not liked, and, and I feel like prequels was a kind of like one of those iffy, touchy yeah. things too. But like, I don't know. Like, I, 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 I am, I do have one that I really, really like, which has totally turned me around and made me like prequels as a storytelling device. And I, and I don't. What, what's the, what do you, what Mike? What do you always say about a thing that? They do a lot now, or when a uh, come on brain. Um, <laughs> uh, when a film when they make a lot of ghost movies all of a sudden. Oh, the like the trend, the right. Yeah. So maybe maybe it is kind of like a trend, but I don't know. I think it's I f- I'm finding it interesting as a storytelling device to know. The end of the story before you see a frame 
and yeah, you know, like you you can fill in so many different stories that happened before your first frame of that story. That I don't know. I think it's I think it's a neat way to go. I think it's a cool way to like be fresh in a old to take something old and make it fresh again Mm -hmm. and i'm i'm uh, and i'm the thing that's really changed me around is i i just finished uh season two of bates motel on netflix and that's completely a or a prequel And, and, <laughs> I, yeah, I see season one. Like, I'm like, ah, no, I need to watch season no, two. No, I, I won't give anything away, but, like, but, like, I mean, it's, I mean, and it's not, it's not a true prequel, or maybe it is. I, I, I want, it's made me want to watch the original Psycho just to see if they literally put dates to it. Mm-hmm. Because Space Motel takes place in modern time. Right. There's hardly anything about it that is modern time, you know. Right. Except for, you know, they'll use cell phones once in a while. But, like, but it's definitely modern time, but it feels, most of the time it feels like you're watching Psycho. But, I don't know, man, I've just, I'm in it, I love it. It's like, like what you said, Mike, about you don't want to know the history of your bad guy, that uh ruins the bad guy well you know we got this norman bates guy and it's like so cool to like how how it fucking gets to that place and there's like one million things they've done that you never could have created in your own backstory mm-hmm. and there's gonna be more and like i don't know it's it's like it's just to me it's been neat them unraveling this thing like you know what's inside this candy bar wrapper but like just the way they're unraveling it for you is so fresh and new and it's taking this old thing and making it cool again and i don't know it's been really fucking cool watching it happen i've I've enjoyed it a lot yeah that i i agree with you on the the whole you taking something and making it fresh and new again and and maybe they're just making prequels for things that probably don't need prequels. And sure. and stop beating around the bush. The thing, the prequel thing, yeah. which is excellent, just uh, call it a prequel. Talk. Yeah, call, or it, a call prequel. it a prequel. Uh call it, you know, something the thing, the beginning, you know. Right. Uh, don't don't call it the thing and make us think that it is a remake. A, a remake of John Carpenter's or the remake of the the first one. Right. Just Tell us that that's what it is, and I would have enjoyed it. I mean, I I love that movie, and I enjoyed it either way. So, but it, it would have changed yeah. things and made it. Yeah, yeah. Well, the see, around the bush. Well, and I think that the reason that they do those things is because we get in these trends. You know, like uh, the found footage is another trend. You know, once one happened. You just had, you had, it seemed like there were just tons for like a five year span. They were just popping Mm -hmm. them out like crazy. But there's a reason for that. It's because it inspires people to write these new, these new stories and create these new things. 
and I welcome it. Like, I think it's great. Like, maybe, okay, maybe you're going to be overloaded for a little while, but whatever. Right, and when a bunch of sh- sh- shitty ones kind of happen, it probably feels more like a gimmick. Exactly. And I feel like, like in, in the case of prequels, they've kind of become a taboo. And so filmmakers try to avoid, you know, making it obvious that it's a prequel because they think that people are going to be turned off by that. Which is dumb. I mean, yeah, I, I get it to just, a point, but... It, and I think it always will ultimately come down to is if if it's good. Exactly. Know, it's going to be good. You know, if it's shitty, it's going to be shitty, obviously. But, <laughs> but I mean, I, I mean, and I, I assume not everyone likes Space Motel, but, man, I've, I, I think it's been so cool. It's so good. The actors are so good. I love the first good, season. Yeah. Is that on Netflix? It is, and I put it off for so long, but I just dove in, and it's been really great. Is the is the series done or no? Is it still? Is there there's still new episodes? Is it still? Yes. Okay. They're I did, in season I was, three now. Okay. And it might be. I can look real fast. But. They're only on season three. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. only two on. Well, yeah, it just feels like forever ago when I watched parts of season one. I still haven't made it all so the way through. So season three is probably done. There's ten episodes out now. Mm-hmm. So. Now, is it is it just going straight to streaming, or is it uh, is it still like on a network? I can't remember. Or do you even know? I don't know where it originates. Um, is it FX? No. I have no, no idea. It's, uh, I don't remember. Bro- no. <laughs> I don't remember. It's on some A and E. Yeah, it just it stunned on me. A and E. Yeah. Oh yeah. So season three, the last episode was May eleventh. So. Yeah. So they usually so, they'll add the previous season to streaming when the new one's airing. So, so. Season four starts. Yeah, we'll get. Yeah. Season three on Netflix. A and E, huh? That's cool. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's definitely an instance where a prequel has been really fun for me. Getting to see how the bad guy was made. Even yeah. though the show's still a lot more about the mom, but yeah, seeing him... But he's totally... Uh, yeah, you've only seen season one. A lot, So much yeah. stuff happens on this show. Seriously, it's like... Two episodes worth of stuff happens per episode. It's kind of cool that way, but or different that way anyway. But you know, as far as I know, Mike's not a huge fan of the idea of revealing more about the monster, and I totally get that because I like the unknowns as well. But I feel like prequels are sort of they're one of the the films in a franchise for the fans. I almost feel like, you know what I mean? Like you've already seen the original movies over and over again. Like you love them and you're not going to be shocked by anything in them. And this is just another facet of that story that you love. Sure. It's going to reveal some things, but you know, it opens, it opens up that universe to so many more things for you and gives you new things. How can you not like that? Yeah, he can't even answer that. That's such I a know. good question. Yeah, oh, I thought it was rhetorical. Oh, <laughs> <let's> see. 
Yeah, you can leave rhetorical, that's fine. Right, because ultimately, so take Halloween. Yeah, we actually liked it, but like, it gave us a new Halloween. Mm hmm. Exactly. Even if you didn't like it, we got a new Halloween for it. And, that, but that, and that's the thing, like, it goes back to the remake argument. And even and even my argument of too much known about the killer thing because I thought Rob Zombie handled all of that well. Mm-hmm. Um, he was able to to tell his version of Halloween, and you, know, you still have the original franchise that you can watch. It doesn't tarnish that at all. Um, and he tells the first half of the movie is the backstory of this kid, mm-hmm. but I still thought it was I still still thought it was handled well, where there's still enough ambiguousness about what makes him turn I mean yeah you could say it's like okay he's got obviously he's got a shitty home life and they live on the wrong side of the tracks blah 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 his mom's a stripper whatever whatever but that's you know still not enough to cause a kid to snap the neck of his pet rat in the kitchen sink you know Um, and then to go on a murdering rampage there's obviously something more evil going on there. So I thought it was handled well, and it still kept Michael Myers a creepy-ass character. And when you see him as an adult, you never, you still never see his face, you know? Yeah. So it just it just depends on yeah. the... How it depends on the... On how it's handled. And I think it also depends on the... On the, on the quote-unquote monster, too, because Norman Bates is al- has always been... It's always been Norman Bates. He's not hiding behind a mask. Right. You know, we we don't know and never know what Michael Myers looks like underneath that mask, but we know yeah. it's Norman Bates and and yeah, and there's less even, mystery there. Exactly. And and even in the original Psycho, there's more going on with that character than just somebody who dresses up like his mom and kills people. Well, and as as a matter of fact, that's a misdirect of the whole thing. The whole movie hinges on the fact that uh, you think it's the mother through the whole thing. Right. So, so to get Norman Bates's backstory, not only not only um, does it work, but you know, could even make things even creepier. Mm-hmm. And that um, just and the anticipation of the timeline meeting—that's also getting really exciting. And exactly, you have that you know, too, which I think which makes something that doesn't. It works well in that regard because it's mm-hmm. it's episodic like that. You know, you're yeah. Getting, you're getting um, you you have a continued build up over several episodes. We'll see, and I even wish that films did that more. Like I wish prequels would take a further leap back, and then build with a movie or two. You know, like a couple of movies up to the original. You know what I oh, mean? Sure. Yeah, and I agree. I agree. I don't know if you're going to see that. And that's putting a lot of faith in a franchise. <laughs> I mean, fran- I think I think Insidious. You know. I think Insidious is going to do that. I hope so. It's yet That'd to be, be seen. Cool. I mean, how did three do financially? That's what it boils down to. Um, uh, I think it did well. I, I don't know. I'd assume I w- it did well. But, and I've been quiet about most of this because I, I, don't have a realistic argument. To this in the world of horror, with when it concerns physical prequel films, I'm looking at this list, and the only thing I, I, you know, 
wrinkle my nose at is the is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre beginning film that I have not seen. So I can't I can speculate and sit here and say that it felt like doing a prequel to that movie was done for all the wrong reasons because they had nowhere else to go. Right. It's like, well, we need a sequel, but we can't do a sequel because Leatherface can't run around wheeling a chainsaw with one arm. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. But I'm speculating, so you can't... I'm, I'm, I'm saying that straight up. I haven't seen the movie. Um, but that's just... The, that's And that's why I haven't seen the movie, because it felt like that's that's what the movie was. Now, I own it on DVD, too, so I have every intent to watch it and then completely bash it. But. <laughs> hey! <laughs> the trailer was good. Well, on the Insidious 3 uh, box office, its budget was about $10 million, and worldwide gross, it made um, over $90 million, So oh. I think it did okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> good, good. So... We'll see another one next year, and I oh, really hope sure. I really hope so. We do so, but again, and, and even listening to you describe the t- the Texas Chainsaw prequel, Terry, it really sounded like every fear I had about the freaking prequel. Mm-hmm. You know, I, again, well, I mean, it sounded you know, forced because it sounds like it's all over on the place. What I said, but yeah, I know, I know, and again, it's all speculation. Whatever. Um, again, oh. looking at this list, I just don't. I loved um, Titanic for its prequelness. <laughs> it's not a horror movie, but <laughs> yeah. But, but it's a prequel, my... right? You know the ending. But to go to my argument oh. of of going back and mishandling the origin of characters, I go to the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, and. The idea of, you know, doing a new design with the makeup, getting rid of, getting rid of the jokey jokes, yeah, okay, cool, let's let's have it. I'm fine with that. And I thought, um, at first, I I cringed at the makeup, but I get it, and it had its uh, a potential to be creepy. The actor playing Freddy Krueger, love him. He has the potential to be really dark. I've seen him do some. Really dark, creepy characters, um, and and no jokes this time. So we have a Freddy Krueger that has the potential to be creepy or creepier uh, than the very first movie. And I did not find that character creepy at all, and that's because of the fucking flashback scenes. Of what what I love about any time we saw Robert England out of the makeup as Freddy Krueger, even in fucking Freddy's Dead. When it's little boy Freddy Krueger getting whipped by his dad, Alice Cooper, <coughs> is that he's still the same <laughs> sick fucking evil bastard that he is when he's the when he's the dream demon. And so, if you're giving me an origin to Freddy Krueger and he's he's just still as evil and maniacal, like if he was laughing at those parents when they were torturing, when they were setting the building on fire. I've been like, that's creepy, that's great. But the fact that he was like a whiny little bitch and was like, I didn't do it, I didn't do it. You know, that took me way out of the character. And and he wasn't scary to me because it humanized him. But doesn't that make his revenge even more? 
believable? I well. No, I mean, okay, yeah, but it doesn't make him. It doesn't make him scary. The the one thing that 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 movie failed on big time from not being scary was the dream sequences. The one thing that made almost all, all the Nightmare on Elm Street's badass. Those dream sequences. And honestly, can you remember any of those from the remake? Well, they didn't they completely just rip it rip off the whole Tina segment. Well, I was remember it, the boiler the room stuff, but there's I mean there's you know, there's nothing like what we saw in, in any well, of the Nightmare on Elm Street stuff. Well here's the thing, the one moment I do remember because I actually thought it was a cool concept and then but they didn't go any further with it, is where was she on sleeping pills? I can't remember. But they go into the they go into the pharmacy, and she keeps nodding off. And as she's not, every time she fall, starts to fall asleep, Freddy Krueger's standing, standing on the other end of the aisle, walking towards her. And then she wakes up again. He's gone. And then she starts to fall asleep again. And he's even closer. That I thought that was cool. That was a that was a the micro naps. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And I thought that was cool and kick-ass and something completely new and different. But that was like the only thing yeah. the movie offered me for something new, cool, and different. <coughs> I thought, I was like, man, they needed some more ingenuity like that. Instead of ripping off literally shots from the original movie and using CGI instead of the practical effects like they did in the original movie. I'm, I'm just still bitter about the Freddy Krueger expanding through the wall shot. That's so bad. It looked bad. It looked really bad. How could that get worse? What do you mean worse? I thought it was kick-ass in the original movie. Oh, yeah. I guess you're right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I meant to say. Okay, okay. <sighs> so, yeah. There's that. All right, all right. So, yeah. 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 Does that answer any of your questions there, Jason? Well, what <laughs> question did I ask? I don't know. You just wanted to dig into that more about the hatred for prequels. Oh. No, I think it's still also... Uh, never mind. <laughs> it's, it's, it depends on the person. You're talking about a remake. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and again... It goes back to what you said before. It's you know, it's it just depends on how it's handled. Yep. If it's good, it's good. The end. Mm-hmm. It's, <laughs> it's hard to argue with that. <laughs> so, Dustin, you were um, talking about um, not finding the prequel connections with certain franchises. Um, one of them that, uh, that's on our list that really I have to agree <laughs> with you on wholeheartedly is ginger fucking ginger exactly back. yes oh yeah what the fuck I, I actually read a little bit about that today and because I was curious too because in a way that can't lead up to the events of, no. of of that you know then it's just another story but they said that they are the same uh, bloodline uh -huh. uh, as those two characters, the um, you know from the first one. Which I guess if that's all you have to say, that's not good enough for me. And it, no, and it chronologically takes place before. 
It does, but you know that still that 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 means nothing. You're absolutely right. It means or nothing in this particular case because the, the only connecting thread. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. If no, no, I no. if I if there's a movie somebody's shitting on the toilet and it's Friday the Thirteenth the prequel because it happened before that movie, does it mean that it's the prequel to Friday the Thirteenth? It's the butterfly effect. If he. <laughs> If he is, only it did Jason, one. is it Jason shitting on the toilet? Because yes, <laughs> if that if that guy wiped only once instead of twice, oh, gosh. then okay. Pamela Voorhees wouldn't have been pissed off that there wasn't any toilet paper and wouldn't have went on that murderous rampage. Anyway, that um, snaps. I'm sorry. No, because no, the only connecting thread of this to the and it'd be different if they somehow came out and said it was the same bloodline, but to tell us that after the fact in some article. That's not good enough. Like, the only connecting thread is it's a movie about werewolves and it stars the exact same two girls, but it's a completely different time period. And yeah. yet, their characters, even vernacular, are the exact same as they were in the first two movies. <laughs> so they're not even speaking in the proper dialect for the time. I'm Jason and I are watching this movie and I'm sitting there thinking, like, so when are they going to explain the time travel? Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. That would be good. They didn't, no, because, I mean, am, am I wrong, Jason? Am I remembering it wrong? When it was done, we are just like, uh, uh, <laughs> it, they didn't explain it. Like, everybody in the movie had, like, accents, and they, then they spoke in that time period, but they, they just spoke normal, and was even using, like, dated slang, and, like, curse yeah. words and shit that obviously wouldn't have been from that time, and I'm like, I don't get it, what's going on? Yeah, they were even shot back to back. I read too uh, the second one in this <laughs> beginning, so that doesn't even like <laughs> even still. Yeah, that so, movie was bad. Yeah, and it's so it's such a bummer. I love the franchise. Yeah, and I love those actresses. Well, so good. But yeah, oh, the third whatever that's. It's have you seen beginning. it, Terry? Yeah. Have I seen? No, I haven't seen it. So every time I saw it come up on a, on the list when researching this episode, coming up with titles, I'm just like, what? I eventually just gave up and said, "Fine, type, type, type," because <laughs> I I was for the longest time refusing to put it on the list. Okay. <laughs> Well, another one, I, I have a shout-out. I don't think anyone else has seen it, but I just want to give a an honorable mention to something. Yeah. Can I do that now? Are we to that point? Uh, I think maybe, yeah. Okay. Uh, Paranormal Activity 3 is the prequel in that series. I've only seen the first three, and I was telling these guys before we started recording how I wasn't a huge fan of the first movie until after I'd watched the second one. And then the third one, I thought, was the most solid of those three. Like, it, it added a lot to the series. That's what I hear. I, I hear to this day that's still the best of the franchise is the third one. Yeah, for sure. So, shout out to that one. All right. Um, I don't know if I have any honorable shout outs. Honor. Um, 
Yeah, because, I mean, the ones that I've seen that are on the list, again, it's not like, ugh, I hated it. It's just like, meh, okay. Like, Underworld, Rise of the Lycans. It was okay. And I barely the- remember it, because we saw it at the theater and that's the last time I saw it. Is that the one sans Kate Beckinsale? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't remember that one very well. It's the ginger snaps back of the underworld. <laughs> no, it doesn't go that far back. Well, they get to. They're, yeah, it does, doesn't it? They're fucking vampires. They get to. <laughs> it's yeah. very true. And uh, Wrong Turn 4, I never saw that. Yeah, I... Well, I'm, I don't remember which one Wrong Turn 4 is. I, 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 <laughs> I can recite one... In, I can recite one and two easily, and I know I've seen one or two more in the franchise, but I can't remember which ones they are now. And if it's the one I'm thinking of, it is, like, only a prequel because they want to use the characters they... the, the the characters they killed off in the previous films. Which is where I have a problem with a prequel. Like, <laughs> you know, if you're giving me a backstory, I want a backstory. I want I want the story that connects and all blah blah blah. This was just an opportunity to say, well, we're going to tell the st- uh, we're going to tell an uh, older story just because we want to use these characters again. Right. But Whatever. The other one I wanted to bring up, just to touch, just to touch on that, and we don't have to discuss it because I, I know we have in the past. But cab, um, cabin fever, um, patient zero. Mm. Dustin, you saw you saw that, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I watched it. Yeah, I thought you and I had talked about it before. I couldn't remember for sure. Yes. Yeah, is, is that the one you did an everything horrible on? No, that's the second one. Second one. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I would say that the the patient zero is um is better than the second one. Oh yeah, I think so. But again, it doesn't lead up to the events to Cabin Fever. It's still it's so loose, like they don't. Yeah. You know, if this is supposed to be like, and again, you only know that it's a prequel because they tell you. Before you yeah. sit down and watch this movie, that hey, guess what? This is a prequel. Yeah. You know, there's nothing that tells you by the end of this, like, okay, well, this is the place where this whole thing started, but it's still not really telling you how this whole thing started. It's still the aftermath. Yeah. You know, so it's like, what was the point? Yeah. I mean, it had some cool things I liked about it, and and I and I um, I love Rudy. I can watch him in anything. Yeah. <laughs> Sean Astin. Yeah, my he's my favorite Goonie. Um, <laughs> that's not true. Corey Feldman's my favorite Goonie. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so there's a few things I like, but obviously um, comparing it to the first movie, which it's, it's you know it's hard not to, right? Especially when it's supposed to be a connecting thread. Yeah. It's just it just does not hold a candle to it, so. And and I get it. I mean, it's definitely. I mean, all three movies are very, very tonally different. Like, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of comedy in the first one, but um, it's not winking at the camera. It's just situationally f- humorous, dark humorous, where it really felt like the second one was way more winking at the camera and over the top, splat sticky. Yeah. And, 
almost, almost trauma-like in a way. Mm -hmm. Which is so weird coming from Ty West. He's, you know what I mean? Like, most of his stuff is so um, held back. Yeah, it, it's it's crazy that he even... he And in the second one, you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy that he even did that one. Like, it doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be a relationship with uh, Eli Roth, because Eli Roth produced Sacrament, so they obviously have a relationship. So Right. And and it was his foot in the door, really, too, wasn't it? Because that was his first thing he did. I think so. I looked it up a couple of times. I mean, that was the one thing that everybody kind of, you know, recognized his name from. Yeah. Anyway, well, and I'm even off track of the original movie I was talking about, so we can move on. Um, cool. Any other mentions? Any other titles we didn't mention? Anybody want to um, yeah. Has anyone else seen Exorcist the Beginning? No. 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 Yes, but I don't remember any of it. That has, uh, what's his name in it, right? Yeah, Stellan Skarsgård, yeah. isn't it? I have seen it, and I really liked it. Yeah, I really liked it too. Um, it basically goes back. Um, Father Marin, who is in The Exorcist, um, it's back with him before he's in Africa and they're like at an archaeological dig, like digging up like an old uh, like temple or something like that. And he kind of faces off with the demon Pazuzu, I think. Isn't that the demon from The Exorcist? Um, yes, IMDb tells me that's what it is. Um, so that's kind of his first initial face-off with him, with it, I guess. And he saves someone that becomes possessed there. And it's this whole him internal battle, like, with his faith and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it was good. And I still in Skarsgård's an awesome actor, so... I thought it was enjoyable, and I still... I can still picture it in my brain, even though it's been eons since I've seen it. I thought it was solid. Yep. I was listening to a podcast one time where the people were talk talking, or maybe it was this one person on there talking about how much they don't like The Exorcist, and <laughs> and I wanted to I wanted to slap them, and right. the argument was so. Like, did you even watch the movie kind of argument? Because their argument was, it's like, how come in all these Satan-possessed movies, they always go after the, the the weakest person? Is that saying Satan's not very powerful? Or, you know, why wouldn't they go after somebody somebody, uh, somebody bigger and better? But the thing is, it's like, that that's not the point of the exorcist. The You know, the demon that, first of all, it's not the devil, it's a demon that's possessing, right. possessing Linda Blair. And... He's not possessing Linda Blair to get Linda Blair. He's, he's going after the priest. Right. That's who he really wants. And it's it's to break down his will um, by possessing this little girl. So it's mm -hmm. irritated me because they totally missed the fucking point of the whole story. <laughs> <clears throat> well, yeah, and and that's what's so great is because um, Max von, von Sydow is Father Marin in the original. Like, so that plays into that well, where, like, the demon is going after him in the prequel. He was already battling him, so they have, like, this past, and I mm -hmm. thought they played it pretty well. Awesome. And they, I think they talk about some of that, if I recall, in the book as well, 
Like, they talk about him going on a dig in Africa, and I guess they briefly mention it in the movie as well. Yeah, right at the beginning. But yeah, yeah, I think if I remember right, it was a bigger thing in the book, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Any other mentions? I'm out. Okay. So, (laughs) cool. So, with that, uh, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll do some segments. Good evening. It's intermission time. Our service is friendly and quick. You'll find hot dogs, hamburgers, pizza, your favorite candies, hot and cold beverages, and other delicious snacks. So add to your fun of watching the movie. Visit our refreshment stand right now. We're glad to have you with us tonight. We hope you'll come to see us often. It's great to get out to the movies. Do you find your life lacking meaning and purpose? Do you get up every morning and say, there's gotta be a better way? Are you a horror film fan and don't understand why your friends and family hasn't seen Necromantic? Do you know people who say that they love Jason from the Nightmare on Elm Street movies? Are you bored with your current podcast? Do you find yourself answering these questions out loud and getting weird looks from other people in your office? Well, now you never have to worry about those nasty stains again. Now you have a meaning to your boring, miserable life because now you can listen to... Attack of the Killer Podcast. That's right, Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attack of the Killer Podcast has all the vitamins and minerals for a well-balanced breakfast. On Attack of the Killer Podcast, you can marvel at the crew as they discuss various horror films, such as High Tension and... High high tension. Listen with your ear holes as the attackers pick a topic and then derail from that topic for at least an hour every episode. Be extremely disturbed as you learn the true love Insane Mike has for his Jason Goes to Hell DVD. But wait, there's more. The gang at Attack of the Killer Podcast give you their guarantee that every episode will contain at least two hours of in-depth horror discussion. Or at least until they get bored, which usually happens after about the first 30 minutes. Listen to what this satisfied customer has to say about Attack of the Killer Podcast. Who the hell are you? What are you doing in my bathroom? So don't wait. Follow the rest of the mindless sheep and listen to Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attack of the Killer Podcast can be heard at attackofthekillerpodcast.com or at stitcher.com. You can also follow Attack of the Killer Podcast on Facebook at Attack of the Killer Podcast or on Twitter at AOTKP. So act now. Offers limited. Operators are standing by. Blah, 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 blah. And we're back. It's segments time on Attack of the Killer podcast. And we're going to start, as we always do, with Jason. And he's going to give us some shout outs. It's time for shout outs! What's up, everybody? So I asked, what are your favorite horror prequels? And I have this feeling that not many people like prequels. Because <laughs> there just wasn't many. I mean, I posted it late, but there has been not much for replies. Anyway, on Facebook, to start it off perfectly, Willis Wheeler says, None. Most of them are bad. <laughs> I don't know that movie, Willis, but... Uh, <laughs> Give it is a that, chance. Is none a prequel to one? It must, is that? Uh, okay. <laughs> Gary Timmons says, I actually enjoyed Underworld Rise of the Lycans. I remember liking it too. Liking it too. Uh, thank you. Thank you. 
Uh, I, get a, I get a sigh for my joke. Yeah, that's right. Fucking <laughs> Jealous much? Yeah, whatever. Then uh, Jack Christensen says, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning, in parentheses, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, you know. You know. He knows. He knows. And then uh, lastly, we have Andrew Moeller, um, Prometheus, which he now will learn... Well, it's not a prequel. And, Everybody's going to hate me. <laughs> and Peril, Paranormal Activity 3. Nice. Yeah. So that's all we got on Facebook. Nothing on Twitter. Um, remember, you can always call in, leave your comments at 415-952-6857 or 415-95-AOTKP. That's shoutouts. Yeah, woo! Woo! Thank you for the shout-outs, Jason. Yeah, send all your dust and hate mail uh, to <laughs> the page. Um, we'll we'll read that on the air next is. time. <laughs> no, it would be awesome. Okay, let's put this challenge. <laughs> let, I want people to leave voicemails giving their definition to ju- to Dustin on what they can, what is a prequel. Uh, so That's vo- fine. I've got my definition. Obviously. <laughs> so I want to hear some some definitions of prequels, and and um, we'll see if we can we can sway Dustin at all. So. All right, all right, cool. Let's move on. Let's uh, go over to Terry with wicked words from Where Terror. Wow, <laughs> that was a weak howl, guys. That was nice. weak. Uh, I mean, better thank you all right um well i didn't prepare a book this week i I'm, i got behind but instead i'm gonna just do a quick little chat about um something a little different um like with any films or video games books get awards too you guys what? they do weird um and horror novels, um, they have their own awards. Uh, there is uh, the Bram Stoker Award is presented by the Horror Writers Association each year. Um, it was started back in 1987. And it, um, it's great because they, don't, they do it each year and they recognize superior achievement in like several different categories instead of saying, ah, oh, first, second, and third, you know, they didn't, instead of creating a really competitive atmosphere, they didn't want to do that. So they're like, okay, we're just going to say collectively, like these were the superior, you know, selections like in each category for the year and not rank them, which I thought was really kind of in the spirit of horror films you know mm-hmm. not trying to compete with each other necessarily just doing it something that you love sort of a deal i thought that was cool um and they're they have a let's see there are several different categories 
you know, there's just novel. They do short stories, novels, graphic novels, and then they break it down into, you know, even like screenplays and things like that all get, um, get recognized during these awards. And I think the most notable winner of these is obviously Stephen King. Um, from the list that I see, he's won a Bram Stoker Award 14 times since it was instilled in 87, which is pretty, pretty solid. Um, and therefore, I think they were in different categories. Um, but, or at least those are like on the main novels anyway, so he's probably won more than that. Um, but then there's also another one that I see popping up working at a library. Um, occasionally I'll see, you know, this stamped on the front of the book, like they won this award. Um, there's also the Edgars named after Edgar Allan Poe. Um, they're more based on mystery writers, but there's definitely a lot of tie-ins to horror there as well. Um, and I believe they also select annually. Um, but yeah, I think that's more of a, you know, how all the movies have like the laurel leaves on them now, and they put every single achievement they've ever won on the front cover and the laurel leaves, <laughs> and like, we won this many awards. And some of these are kind of like that. They're like, oh, well, we won this award, so we're awesome. We're more awesome than these other books. You should read me. But yeah, I just thought it was kind of cool. I wasn't sure if people were aware that there were specifically awards for horror novels and the like. Yeah, so there's a cool. little there's a little background for you. Cool. Hey, guys. Yeah. Did you know that there are actually even awards for podcasts? Yes. <laughs> Just saying. There's a there's there's a yeah there's a set of uh, there's what's called the Rondo Awards, which um, is like covers everything in horror from from books to movies to comics to like the best best Blu-ray release of the year, and it has a category for podcasts. One year I submitted us for it. We didn't I recall win. that. I we think I voted. Nice! <laughs> That's where the one vote came from. Sweet. Yeah. I wasn't even on this shit yet. <laughs> awesome. We'll do it again. But before that, we need to go over <laughs> to everybody's favorite segment Insane's Picks. <laughs> Ratman! What? Not Batman. Ratman. That's what my Saints pick is for this episode. 1987's Ratman. So crazy. What's that? So crazy. It is a crazy movie. It's fucked up. It's an Italian production. And this movie, when I was in college, in my bootlegging years, um... I would see. I I got a bootleg that had the trailer for this movie on it, 
and the trailer alone freaked me the fuck out. Like, this movie gets under my skin um, probably way more than it should. Um, and here's why. Let me set up this. Let me set up the uh, movie here for you. A generic. Oh, let me start again. A genetic experiment results in a killer rat man that squeaks. The star of this movie, the the title character of this movie, the Rat Man, is 27 inch tall Nelson De La Rosa uh, from the Dominic Republic who was in the Guinness Book of World Records for the world's smallest man. 27 inches tall. And the imagery of, of this movie, not... Now, here's the thing. I don't have, like, a phobia of little people or anything like that. I, I know that there are people who do have the have phobia of little people, and I find that extremely sad that, that that's the case. But you take a 27-inch tall man, you put him in horrible looking rat makeup and he's coming at you with these fangs he's, he's walking towards the camera with these fangs and these claws and this evil look on his face and the fact that it's not a Chucky doll that's that's animatronic it's not a CGI character the way Ratman moves is is real and visceral and it's extremely creepy now, the bummer about this movie is there's not enough of Ratman in the movie. It's a lot of, like, in the shadows or under the blankets kind of stuff. Um, and it's a pretty sleazy film, even by Italian standards go. Um, but uh, it's just the fact that some of those shots with the Ratman, even though the makeup is, is not the best... It's still just the fact that it this is a a real person and he's in real in the environment and he has the fluid movement of a real person as opposed to an animatronic or an animation or something against a green screen. It's all there real and and it it is far more unsettling. Um so if you can find it, it's not the easiest to find. It's kind of it's kind of hard to find, but if you can find it, definitely check it out. Uh, 1987's Ratman. So creepy. Yeah. yeah Sounds creepy. gross. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. Yeah, I, I just watched a trailer for it, and I saw a little <laughs> little person on there. <laughs> it looked, yeah, it looked right? pretty good. I mean, it's like I'd yeah. probably enjoy it. <laughs> It's 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 fun. Again, it's pretty sleazy, um, you know, it's, and that's saying something for Italian horror cinema. Um, you know, I think I'm trying to remember. I think I think he gets a little rapey at times, even. So oh. yeah, <laughs> or maybe not quite so much rapey, um, but just obviously pervy. Um, yeah, crawling up dresses and that kind of shit. But yeah. uh, <laughs> the but, cover I'm looking at says it's called Terror House. But it, it was actually called Ratman. Does that make any sense? Terror House. Huh? I mean, yeah. it might have it. I mean, that's... that's Maybe the American title or... That's typical for foreign foreign films to have alternate titles like that. But, yeah, I know it is Ratman. And that's... And I know, I know for a fact that in the States it's referred to as Ratman. I mean, I guess there could have been certain markets that it was under that other title. But mm. I also know... I also know... 
in Japan, it was uh, known as Ratman because um, that was the original trailer that I saw. It was the Japanese trailer. Mm. So it had all, like, the Japanese text on it and a Japanese voiceover that was really out of place. But <laughs> It says he's the critter from the shitter. <laughs> oh, rap man. All right. So cool. That's another episode. So that may have to be our next uh, movie night, right, Dustin? As, as yeah, we... I'm down. Sweet. <laughs> you know, I'm down. <laughs> okay. So that's another episode of Attack of the Killer podcast in the record books. This is the one that came before the other ones. It was episode 83, but now it's episode zero. Yeah. (laughs) In the timeline... (laughs) It takes place. It takes place with with (laughs) this cast before the original cast. Figured that shit out. It needs to to lead up to the first episode. So, Jason, go ahead and and for the recording, just put the first line Mike says in the very first episode. (laughs) Yeah, this. Yep. So until or I'll do this. So until <laughs> next time on Attack of Killer Podcast, when I say Hello all you monsters and maniacs and welcome to the first episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Oh no, could this be the end of? <laughs> Attack of the Killer Podcast.